Uh, so it has been a long time since uh, Bill and I made a podcast. Bill and I talked about this the last time. Uh, it's to do with live stuff on my end. Uh, so apologies, everyone, for that. Uh, but as a sort of treat for waiting so long and to do something special, uh, Bill and I decided uh, we'd get on a whole bunch of YouTube friends and we're going to have a pub quiz to celebrate Christmas. As far as I'm aware, none of these questions are Christmas related, but like, here we are. Um, <laughs> So we have, uh, first up, uh, first up, we have Mitch, uh, who runs a YouTube channel, Jan Measley. Hello. Uh, next up, we have Zidnaf, who uh, runs a YouTube channel, Zidnaf. Hi, everyone. And then we have Patrick, who runs a YouTube channel, Name Explain. Hello. Amongst many, many other things. <laughs> Some bits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we have Bibleridian, who runs the YouTube channel Bibleridian. Good evening. Uh, and then there's me, obviously, and then there's Bill, the two least exciting people in this uh, menagerie. <laughs> ah. So we've all what we've done is we've all prepared uh, six questions, each of us. So uh, each of us are going to ask and answer the questions. At the end, a winner to be, uh, will be declared. They could be named King of Artifexion or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, we will all go our separate ways. <laughs> So, uh, first up is Mitch. You got six questions for us, yeah? Yeah, I got a text file right here with qu questions. I did not write down the answers because I just know what the answers are. So, <laughs> let's go. The first one is, in Hangman, what word is the hardest to guess? Oh, huh. Okay, I got mine. Hmm. Yep, I am set. Okay. I'm wrong, but I'm done. <laughs> um, yeah, let's go with that. Yeah? Okay, cool. Question two. Uh, question two is, which five letters of the standard Latin alphabet are descended from the proto-Sinaitic letter wow? You said a lot of things there, and all of those I did not understand. So there's five letters in the standard Latin alphabet, that's the standard 26... English, Latin alphabet, five letters are all descended from one letter in the Proto-Sinaitic script called WOW. Which five are those? Okay. Hmm. Okay, Mitch coming out hard at the gates here. Five of them? Do, do you yeah. get like half a point if you get three of them right? No. <laughs> you would get three-fifths of a point. Okay. That makes me feel much better, because I'm... Mm. This is driving me nuts. I used to. These are this. all these are all things that I've talked about in videos that I've made because I couldn't think of any like original fun facts that I know. So, so. This is you testing us if we watch your videos or not? Basically, <laughs> I'm assuming you haven't, which is why they're hard questions. Honestly, after oh. these questions, I want to watch them. They sound super interesting. Oh, good. It's it's effective then. Yeah. The sad thing is, I've watched the videos and I don't know the answer to us. The sad thing is, I watched some of these videos in like the last few days. And I still don't remember, and it's I, I'm yeah. I'm losing my mind right now. Well, I didn't go with like any of like the obvious things from these videos. I went with like a, a, a detail that I learned while I was researching the video that I like put in as like a background thing. You sure there's five? There's five of them, all with one really? common ancestor called Wow. Mm. <laughs> I love that called Wow. Mm. Uh... Great name spelled W A W. Wow. Wow, indeed. Or I guess it was actually spelled wow, Aleph, wow. 
has has everyone podcast title? Wow, Alf, wow. Uh, has everyone got uh, an answer to the que- uh, question two? I know I'm going to kick yes. myself when I hear the answer, but I can only think of four of oh. them, so I'm going to guess for the last one. I think I thought of the fifth. I think I got it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Question three. Uh, what is a petri duel? Uh, okay. What? Oh, can you spell that? Uh, P-E-T-R-I-E space D-U-A-L Petri Duel (laughs) Sometimes it's abbreviated to Petriel, which is not any shorter to say, but it is shorter when you write it down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Oh man, I am losing so Mm. hard already. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You don't lose points for getting it wrong, right? (laughs) No, but has everyone has anyone ever played uh, the five E edition of Dungeon Dragons? Once or twice. You know the way you get like what's that thing? It's where the DM can give you like a little bonus if you do something really badass. Oh, what do they call it these days? Um, inspiration is that the term? Yeah, inspiration. Exactly. I think I think what we should do is if if someone has like a, a monumentally horrifically funny wrong answer. The question asker, if they want, they can choose to award an inspiration point for being just so incredibly <laughs> wrong. I like this rule. Yes, I might win if that's the. That rule. is really good. Yeah, I like that. We're I'm going to limit it to one inspiration point per round, though, just for just in case someone decides to put mm. down six nonsense answers mm. and like you know mine. <laughs> what's the word? No, not mine. Grind all the inspiration points to, to victory. <laughs> okay, so you can't win on comedy alone. No, but it can help. <laughs> all right, all right. That's, um, good. That's useful information. So, question number four: If we're all, if we all got an answer. Question four is: In Greek mythology, who was Cadmus? Ooh. Can you spell Cadmus? C A D M U S. But it was actually a Greek name spelled differently. I don't know the Greek spelling though. <clears throat> okay. Which one of your videos featured this man? Have you done videos on Greek mythology? Uh, this is actually a tidbit from my video about the letter W. Hmm, okay. That's a hint, I guess. Yeah, oh. it is. I, I, I was... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I feel so cocky right now for having recently watched a bunch of Mitch's videos. This is giving me such an unfair leg up. <laughs> oh, well, man. Uh, Matt, you did your homework, so you should be bored for that. <laughs> Oh, good God. Okay, okay. Uh, all right, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got an answer. Mm-hmm. I'm good to Everyone? go. Okay, fire away there, Mitch. Uh, which numbering system is traditionally called sexagesimal? Which one? Which one? It's called sexagesimal, S-E-X-A-G-E-S-I-M-A-L. Sexagesimal. I take it saying the sexagesimal number system would be cheating. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, you can't you can't use that name. Just say any other name that this one has. Oh yeah, <laughs> numbers. <laughs> Bibberine's arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. I hadn't counted on this. <laughs> Get it? Count, oh boy. Ooh. <laughs> I'm pretty confident I have this wrong, and that's not going to fly well, given that like. I think I'm second in in terms of like the number nerd on the internet. Like, Mitch yeah, we, we, we literally there. did two videos together about numbers. 
<laughs> I know, right? This is. I hope I have this right, but I'm 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 in no way confident. What was the name again? Uh, sexagesimal. Sexagesimal. You know, Mitch, I have actually seen all of your videos about counting and number systems and things, but numbers just do not stick in my brain at all. So I just immediately forget them as soon as I watch them. Unfortunately, and I, I apologize. No, that's completely understand. I think one of the big problems that with a lot of my videos is that I'll present information without actually teaching it. Like, like I'll just say what the information is, but I won't like say it in a way that's actually memorable if you don't already know what I'm talking about, which is like, I need to work on that. Yeah, but also you gotta, there has to be a point where you're just kind of like, I need to assume some level of knowledge on part of my audience. Otherwise I'm going to need to like give them a small mathematics degree before I can make this video, you know? Right, right. Also, part of me wonders if that's even possible in a YouTube video. I feel like the point of educational YouTube videos is to, like, give you something to think about for six minutes that impacts the rest of your life in no way. Like, <laughs> I, I have le legit learned things from YouTube videos, but only when I, like, sit down and actually take notes on it. That's the only w way it ever happens for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. 100%. <laughs> uh, question six. The best number, right. some one person might say. The, the best number, question number one zero. Um, uh, and this one, okay, this one's a gaming question. So any gamers in the in the audience? Okay, here we um, go. Mario's brother Luigi, in the first game he ever appeared in, what was his job? Jesus. Oh, what was his job? What career did Luigi have in the very first game he appeared in? Uh, There's an obvious answer, but I feel like this is a trick question. I'm <laughs> literally about to say the same thing. But maybe I'm. But maybe you just need to think that it's a trick question, and it's really, it really is the obvious answer. <laughs> yeah, that's. I kind of need uh. to get this one right. I've got Luigi tattooed on my arm. I kind of need to get this. Oh right. man! <laughs> if you don't know the Luigi facts, I'm gonna get an opportunity to teach you all the Luigi facts I know. Yeah. It's just this one. Just... I don't know any other Luigi facts. Okay, I've got, I've got, I've got one written down, which to my guess is correct but it might be wrong patrick if if it is wrong i think the only course of action is for you to get like his job description tattooed underneath it underneath him oh. on your arm or i was gonna say J well, he's had a whole he's had a whole history of careers right he wasn't just he did this one thing and then he like just like mario he's done a lot of things he's a journeyman <laughs> exactly i was gonna say I'll get the cheese grater out and get rid of the get rid of the tattoo <laughs> oh god <laughs> No, no, a scalpel. Preserve the tattoo. Just remove it from your body. Frame it or something. Yes, yeah, preserve it for YouTube uh, further, further generations of fans. Maybe you can flog it on Patreon for some oh, extra yeah, dough. That's an idea. <laughs> yeah. Selling lumps of skin on Patreon. <laughs> okay, so uh, if everyone's done, uh, Mitch, will you uh, oh, will you read out the answers? And also, for the sake of hilarity... Uh, what we should do if everyone's okay with it we should also like read we should read the answers we got and then Mitch tells us what the right answer is okay um, that sounds good yeah that makes sense yeah should okay. we should we read the answers we got in the same order that we're gonna say the questions in just so there's yes. an established order I think that works mm -hmm. yeah exactly I'll 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 order you around I'll tell you who goes wherever so uh answer to question number one uh starting with Zidnaf I'm guessing the letter J. I think the letter J is also technically a word because there's a definition for it in the dictionary. And I'm guessing the letter J. Uh, sorry, can I butt in here? Uh, sorry, Mitch, could you read the question again so everyone remembers what, what we're <laughs> right. answering? So question one was, in Hangman, what word is the hardest to guess? 
Okay, so Zidnaf goes J. Interesting. Patrick, what you got? Uh, my mind went black. I just wrote cat. Nice. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. No, that's pretty good. I thought it was kind of like so like obvious that people might not guess it. So I just wrote cat as in like mm. the things that run around. Cats. That, that, is, that is a good answer. I like it. I like your description mm-hmm. of a cat though, the thing that runs around. Not inaccurate. Cats are known to do. If you open, if you open a dictionary, that's what it says. That's probably the Navajo word for cat, <laughs> considering how they derive things. Like, turkey is the thing that walks around and pecks. Yeah, just so, the thing that runs around. The cat is the thing that runs around. Makes sense to me. There you go. Uh, Bib, what did you get? Um, unless things have changed since I was a kid, which are quite likely, uh, the hardest word to guess in Hangman is jazz. Okay. I, too, had jazz. Bill? Syzygy. Do you want to spell that? It's a G. That is a hard one, yeah. S-Y-Z-Y-G-Y. What does that mean? It's the alignment of two or more bodies, isn't it? Yeah, it's an astronomical term where there's like several... Most importantly, the only vowel in it is Y and there's a bunch of Zs. Yeah. Okay, so Mitch, what's the correct answer? Okay, so if you Google it, you get jazz. But... Statistically speaking, if your word is only one letter long, someone has a 1 in 26 chance total of getting it, and they can't get any useful information by guessing anything. So, yeah, it's J. The answer is the letter J is enough. No! Very good. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Wasn't the whole point of your video that there's, like, 20 different ways of interpreting the game Hangman? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of different rules. I think we get points for either Jazz or J. I think both of those count as right answers. I say J yeah. is hard, but also it's arguably not a word. But it's totally a word, right? People say J as a word all the time. It has definitions. It's Homer's middle name. <laughs> it is. So are we? Are we? Are you allowing us points for both J and Jazz? Jazz works because, like, if you Google it, that's the answer you get. So, like, you oh, knew the answer to the question if you say Jazz. One point for Edgar. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, FYI, yeah. we're all keeping our own scores here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. My next question was about uh, the letters descended from Wow. Oh boy. Yeah, Zidnaf, you go first. Okay. I think I'm pretty sure I got four out of five of these. I'm not sure about the fifth. The ones I'm sure about are W, Y, V, and U. I think also F, but I'm really not sure about the last. I'm in one. exactly the same boat. Wow. <laughs> wow, indeed. <laughs> Oh, God, that wasn't intentional. <laughs> Patrick, what did you get? Um, I wrote YMCA. Nice. <laughs> and then I put a Z on the end as well, because I needed a fifth letter. You do need five letters. Yes, yeah. I put a Z on the end. It's the last letter nice. you see. Oh, uh, golden. Uh, okay, so hang on, we've got two there. Uh, I wrote uh, E-D-G-A-R. And <laughs> okay. what did you get? Oh, sorry, sorry? you asked me there. Hello, yes. I got I, J, and Y, and, and I left it blank then for the next two. <laughs> okay, so correct answer there, Mitch, was? It's F, Y, U, V, and W. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for those who don't know the full, like, so uh, the the letter WOW was this, the letter in uh, the, proto, the proto-Sinaitic script, which developed into the Phoenician alphabet, uh, the Phoenician alphabet ter- uh, was adapted into the Greek alphabet, and the letter WOW was split into the letters WOW and Upsilon. Uh, the letter WOW was dropped from the Greek alphabet, but became the uh, 
uh, it, it became the Etruscan letter F um, in one specific digraph, which became the Latin letter F, and the letter Upsilon in Greek eventually developed into Latin letters U, V, and W, and oh. also was then later loaned into the Latin alphabet as the letter Y. Hmm. Cool. Neat. It was nice. the F that really threw me off, because I remember that the F is the digamma thing, but I couldn't remember if that was also related to WoW. Yeah, five letters all from one thing. Um, cool. All right, uh, question number three, Mitch. What is a Petri duel? I, I love the way you say that, by the way. The way you say duel is great. Say, <laughs> well, say duel it, again. Uh, duel. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> well, the other way to say is like jewel, but that, come on, that's like a gem, right? <laughs> no, it's more your accent. I just, the, the way that word in your accent is just, it, it has good, uh, it has good feelings associated. I like it. That's the uh, Northern City's vowel shift. Got all my vowels moved around. Is this a Northern Cities thing? Like, is this just an American thing? Edgar, say duel. What is the difference here? Uh, a, a duel. In the, British dialects, yeah. you have the yeah in there, so it's like duel. Yeah. There, there, there's yad dropping. It's called yad dropping. Well, yad dropping, but yad dropping yeah. is this thing in American English, yeah. right? Where, you, where after an alveolar consonant, the y and u ends up being dropped. Uh, but on top of that, all my vowels are moved around, so I call it yod dropping, which sounds very silly to some people. <laughs> I, uh, I still get people saying, like, the way I say the word solid sounds like salad to them, which is very fun. I, I thought you were saying salad there as well, to be fair, man. Yeah. So the way I, you say salad sounds like solid to me, so, like... Salad. Solid. Salad. Yeah. Salad. I was going to say... We have, like, th- at least three different accents here, and I feel like we could literally just spend all day comparing <laughs> comparing pronunciations. Yeah. So does anyone we- know what a Petri jewel is? Well, f- uh, specifically, Zidnaf, do you know what that is? Uh, I absolutely do. A Petri duel is when you put two different s- samples of something into a Petri dish, and you see which one of them wins and takes over the Petri dish. <laughs> mm. Nice. Uh, Patrick, what have you got? Um, I just wrote a good friend. Aww. I don't know if that's right. Is that right by any chance? <laughs> well, uh, don't, spoil, I, I, don't spoil the I point. We have to wait and you see. Know, in, in a certain point of view. <laughs> yes. Uh, Bibleridian, what did you get for it? Yeah, I got nothing for this one. I just said it's when two scientists have an argument about who gets to use the Petri dish. Nice. <laughs> uh, I wrote uh, fisticuffs between Petri dishes. Um, <laughs> Bill, what did you get? I wrote down the premise and then I put brackets around it to come back to an answer when I had inspiration and then inspiration didn't come. So <laughs> what I have written down is bracket, Petri duel, bracket. Alright. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, put us out of our misery, Mitch. What is it? Alright, so Petri duel is a concept in uh, mathematics and geometry. Uh, it has nothing to do with Petri as in Petri dish. It's a different Petri. Uh, And it's actually a guy who, like, if you go to Wikipedia and click a link that's his name, it redirects to his more famous dad, who is an Egyptologist. So uh, it's one one of those guys. Um, So Petri duel is you take a polyhedron and you take its edge arrangement. And by definition, any any regular polyhedron, uh, all edges are shared by exactly two faces 
which means that if you follow along the edges, you can alternate which face you're following along and end up with a shape that looks exactly the same in terms of its edges and its wireframe, but its shape, but the faces that make up it aren't flat and they're skewed instead. So for example, if you take a cube and find the petri dual or petriole of a cube, you end up with a shape that looks like a cube, except it's made out of hexagons instead of squares. Hmm. Wow, I didn't watch your polyhedra or your regular <laughs> polyhedra video, so actually that's making me want to go watch it. Um, that's interesting. I don't I like... understand a word of that. What? Yes, I, yeah, I was going to write that know... down, but I, I ran out of space on the paper. Know that if you don't have the faintest idea what Mitch was talking about here, I'm I'm right with you because like. So what? Like, you look at a cube, right? You take a cube. I think, I think you're going to need a diagram. I don't but, think okay. I'm going to get this over audio. Okay, well, this is a podcast, so we don't get any visuals. So imagine a cube. You look at it <laughs> okay. from the corner, right? You take a cube, and you look at cube. it corner facing you. And okay. the silhouette of the cube looks kind of like a hexagon, right? Like, can you okay. picture that? Like how? Yeah. You can... Okay, so if you follow along that boundary, that is literally a regular hexagon. It's just not flat. So you just declare that that's now the face of the cube, and that's the petriole cube. You can't... Hang on. So we're create... Are we creating, like, a new face that, it like... It has the same my... edge arrangement, but the faces are these weird skew shapes instead of but, the flat faces. But those lines aren't all on a plane. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it's not... I don't. I don't understand what we're doing. <laughs> they're faces. They're 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 skew faces, so they're allowed to not be flat. What is a skew face? It's like a normal face, but it's not flat. That that's it. That's the that's the mathematical the mathematical concept. I feel Fortunately. like the sailors in um the Call of Cthulhu who arrive on the coast of Rilia. The angles <laughs> the angles are all wrong. Doesn't make any sense. Fortunately for you, Zidnaf, uh, I'm pretty sure Mitch has at least one video on this topic. Uh, so you can assign yourself homework. It is, unfortunately, a very confusing video. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure if there's a picture, I'll get it. This, unfortunately, was not one of the ones I've watched in the past few days. Uh, All right. So, so, so uh, to, get, to get us back on track there, uh, question four, Mitch, what was it? Uh, in Greek mythology, who is Cadmus? Zidnaf. I'm not sure how many details I need to give to get this right. He has something to do with the Greek alphabet. I the way I remember it is that he like he he's sort of the mythical bringer of writing to Greece or something like that. That's as that's as close as I feel like I'm gonna get. Uh, Patrick. Um. So at first I, fr- I wrote the fun uncle, but <laughs> but then someone mentioned it related to the letter W. So um, I put a more serious answer. This might still be wrong, but this is a serious answer. So please don't laugh at this one. <laughs> I wrote the god of the westerly wind because I know there were gods for the cardinal directions and winds. So I went mm. with that. What did you get? I am on the same wavelength as Zidnaf. I can't remember the specifics, um, but I remember yes, some connection to the alphabet of some sort. So I just put that one alphabet guy. <laughs> uh, I wrote uh, the third cousin once removed of Zeus, but then when you said it's connected to the, the letter W, I wrote the third cousin once removed of the wife of Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> because I have no idea. Uh, Bill, what did you get? Uh, okay, this is a little convoluted, but based on the, the link to the alphabet, um, I know that in the, I think, the Phoenician alphabet, one of the letters resembled uh, a bull's head 
So I thought maybe Cadmus was the architect of the labyrinth on Crete where the Minotaur was kept, because he also oh. was a bull's head. Oh. Hmm. Okay, Mitch, what is it? So Cadmus uh, is uh, was the first, like chronologically, the first Greek hero. Uh, uh, he was a Phoenician prince and monster slayer, and he was the inventor of the Greek alphabet. Uh, who uh, His first language was Phoenician, uh, which historically is actually true of the real inventor of the Greek alphabet. Uh, he, his first language was Phoenician, and he took the Phoenician alphabet and used it to write Greek, and that's how where the Greek alphabet came from. It's because this monster slayer decided to use the Phoenician alphabet to write Greek. So do, do, I, do I then take it then that none of us... Got you didn't. Well, well, you didn't get all the details, but two people got the general idea. The alphabet so. guy. Okay. Okay. The yeah. alphabet. Okay. The inventor okay. of the Greek alphabet, according to legend. <laughs> you go okay. assign yourselves a juicy, juicy point, folks. Ooh. Um. Question five, Mitch. Uh, which numbering system is traditionally called sexagesimal? And it's cheating if you just say sexagesimal. Zidna, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you got? Uh, is this base six? Is this when you count to five and then you go one zero? That's my guess. No. Mm. I'm pretty confident it's not. Patrick? Um, I was just boring. I wrote counting in sixes. <laughs> All right. Uh, babe, what you got? Um, this is a total shot in the dark, but base 120? Mm. Oh, interesting. Uh, I wrote base 36. Bill? Base 60. Okay, so no- nobody went for... Uh, uh, guessing that it was base 16 by confusing with uh, hexadecimal, which is a very similar sounding name, which is completely unrelated. Uh, base 6 is actually traditionally called senary, but I prefer the name seximal because it's funnier. Um, and uh, the the actual answer is that sexagesimal is base 60. Oh. Okay. Oh, that would make sense. Tasty <laughs> point. It sounds really similar to hexadecimal. They sound so similar, but they're different. Yeah. I was I was thinking of the your your base six video, and I was like, he talked at the end about how you can use base thirty six, and I was like, mate, was yeah. that the proper name on base? Oh, yeah, ber- base thirty six is called. Uh, uh, usually, it's called hexatrigesimal, um, because for whatever reason, we use this weird combination of Greek and Latin prefixes when we're mm. coming up with base names. Uh, mm. I came up with my own like alternate system for base names because I specifically don't like the way it's done traditionally. But like, I'm you know. I'm on board with your uh, with your seximal. I think it's class. Uh, I do yeah, like seximal it. is such a better name than scenery because when you say yeah. scenery, right, it sounds a lot like scenery, and I don't mm. want anyone to hear me talking about base six and think I'm talking about something else. So no, the name seximal is so much better because no one thinks it's anything else, and it's very obvious what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Fully uh-huh. agree. Um, question six. Uh, what was Luigi's first job? Zidnaf. Was he a plumber? Wasn't there a movie where they were both plumbers? That's my guess. Oh, we don't talk about the movie. <laughs> the movie's Pat- not canon. No. <laughs> Patrick, what did you get? Right, so we've got a lot riding on this one because I'm a big old <laughs> Nintendo fan. I believe his first appearance was in like a Game & Watch and he was involved with like a truck and like unloading or loading a truck. So I wrote truck loader. That's, that's oh. all I've got. Oh, interesting. Bib, what you got? I got nothing. <laughs> I just said investment banker. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, I put plumber, which is, I'm pretty sure it's wrong. Bill, what you get? I wrote chauffeur. Oh. Hmm. I think Ooh. he'd be a good oh. chauffeur. He, like, you know, uh, he would look good in a, in a chauffeur outfit, you know, the uniform and the cap. 
Um, yeah, I, th- I think it would yeah. suit him. Drive in Miss Peach. So, oh, drive in Miss Daisy. There's literally a print. Sorry, carry on. So, I was, I was <laughs> so, so you were so close because you remembered that the first game Luigi was in was Mario Bros. for the Game & Watch. Nice. You remembered that. But he wasn't a truck driver. He was a factory worker working at a bottling plant. So I wrote truck loader. Does that not get me anything? Uh, he, he did load things onto a truck. So I think you're close enough to get a point. Yeah, first point. Yeah, but his his actual table. job description is that he's a factory worker working uh, at a bottling plant. Nice. In Mario Bros. for the Game & Watch, which uh, is a game about the exploitation of the working class. Nice. Wow. Nice. That is that some dope. trivia. <laughs> it's like very explicitly about that. Like if you try to like look at this game and say, okay, I'm assuming that this game has a story at all. Uh, and you try to analyze it with the assumption that there is a story here, then it's very obviously just a game about capitalism. Wow. That's mm. mad. Huh. Uh, so a uh, quick run through of everyone. Uh, how many points do we get? Is it enough? Uh, two? I think I got two. That's on two, Patrick. One point, baby. Uh, and you saved your your uh, tattoo. Boy. Yes, I saved my tattoo. That's the important thing. <laughs> uh, Bib, how many points do you get? Three. Three. Oh, Bill, Bib pulling on the lead. Uh, I got one. Doing well, Bill. If if we're counting the the partial points for question two, I got one point two. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> for the crack alright cool Uh, so that is the end of round one round two who's round two again it is Patrick is it not Zidnaf Zidnaf oh sorry Zidnaf 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 I was gonna Um, say (laughs) I'll edit around that it'll be great okay so I started to try to come up with questions about linguistics and I couldn't think of anything i quickly realized that basically everything i've ever learned about linguistics i put in my videos and then immediately forgot yeah so (laughs) i have a bunch of questions about something i happen to know a bunch of random trivia about from browsing wikipedia and that's like political and electoral history from like the last couple hundred years sure and i have two i have two questions about the u.s two about the uk one about france and one about ireland and i'm really curious to see how like how nationality affects who gets what answers right yeah oh boy not only a quiz but like a scientific survey going on over here (laughs) (laughs) i also have no idea how well i calibrated the difficulty here so i'm kind of terrified i'm like no one's gonna get any of these right or or that everyone's gonna get all of them right no it's again it's grand Uh, and if everyone gets them all wrong (laughs) i guarantee you there will be comedy (laughs) (laughs) uh so question number one uh, I promise all of them don't take this long to explain. Uh, the French Revolution <laughs> in the 1790s founded the First French Republic. Historians call that that period of French history the First French Republic. My question is, what is the current French Republic? Which republic are we on? Like, the current the current regime in France is called the Nth French Republic. Solve for N. <laughs> oh no, more numbers. Show your workings out. <laughs> Got my answer. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. All right. Uh, is everyone good? Yes. Yep. Is that everyone? Yep. Yep. Eh. All right. Now, now for the UK. Uh, since around World War One, the UK's two main political parties have been the Labour Party and the Conservative Party. 
in the period before that, like late 1800s, in that period, what were the two main political parties in the UK? Oh. Okay. I think if you get, I think here if you get one of the two political parties, you get you get a half point. I think. All right. Yeah, I'll allow it. I offered uh, someone a fifth of a point earlier, so like. <laughs> I'm just writing words that might make sense, but probably don't. Uh, question number three. Question number three is: In what decade did women in the United Kingdom gain the right to vote? Oh, I should know this. Sorry, am I allowed to swear? I just said the S word under my breath. Didn't have to mic pick that up. <laughs> uh, I heard. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Actually, that, that is a good point. Feel free to swear. It just will be beeped. That's fine. Um, and that makes it funnier. Um, Was the question in which decade? Yeah, in what decade? If you get if you get the decade right, I'll give you the point. Will you accept a half point for century? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> if we get the rough geological era. <laughs> now, is is this like any that women got it at all, or is is there a thing of all women getting getting suffrage or? Uh, no, that's a good question. Now, now I'm scared. Now I'm scared the website I read about when women got the right to vote, now I'm scared it was more complicated, and I'm going well, I mean, to have to Google to Well, I mean, I guess the first time that suffrage was given to any woman is probably, hmm. like, what we're talking about. Uh, I, w- I would say hmm. go, if, if it is a complicated one like this, go with how you'd answer it, but ultimately the answer that Zidnaf has is the yeah. answer we're trying to get, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I figured. I just, I just make. I'm just trying to see if it's like a tricksy one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, question four. Mm-hmm. Zit Duff, are you there? No, I'm scared. I'm, but ah, <laughs> I'm googling and I'm realizing. No, don't be I doing. I not actually be, know the answer to this. Don't be doing research on the show. What is it? What is, is this? A gathering of educational YouTubers? What are you? What is this? <laughs> Okay, what is the collective noun for a group? What is the collective noun for a group of educational YouTubers? Real quick. Oh, I don't know. I once saw a tweet saying the collective noun for a group of white males is a subreddit. That's kind of coming to mind. I I also saw a podcast given for for that thing. So okay, yeah, relevant. (laughs) Very relevant. There was. Um, I found out about the. There's a collective noun I learned a few days ago that was for ravens, and I'm trying to remember what it was because it's a murder of crows, but I think it's like a. A misgiving of raisin, R- raisins, of raisins. ravens. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is a raisins. misgiving of raisins. A collective noun for raisins is a jazz band. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Is it is it actually, or is there a joke I'm getting missing there? Oh, the California raisins. California raisins. Come on, <laughs> they're, they're not a thing over here. I've never heard of that before. I've just seen on the Simpsons and other American things. Yeah, huh, it's, it's... there you go. Um, Zidnaf, question four. Okay, question four is, what is the name of the only U.S. president to serve two non-consecutive terms? My man. Just did a video, just wrote a video on president recently. (laughs) It's going to be the Americans get it right, and that's it. Let's go. Okay, I'm good. I'm struggling with this, but I'm good. All right, uh... Question number five? Are we on number five? Yep. We are. Yeah. So we the US only had one president who was officially a member of the Federalist Party. What was his name? I've got an answer. 
Same. Yeah, I have an answer. Okay. Um, yeah, let's go with that. All right, question six. All right, this one might just be a freebie to the Irish and no one else. In what decade was the current Irish constitution established? Bill, how confident are you about this? Highly. God, I'm a national embarrassment, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. Uh, Everyone got something there? Yes. Yeah. All right, okay, Zidnaf, question one. What was it? Well, don't okay. we go through question. our answers first? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you have to read out the question, and then we read, do read the question, right. go through answers, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, the first question was, what? which French Republic is the current French Republic? Like, what is the number of the current French Republic? Uh, we're starting with Mitch? Yeah, I guessed uh, the fourth French Republic. Okay. Uh, Patrick? I just went with the second. Okay, Bib? I said the 238th. <laughs> it took them a while, but they got there. Uh, I said the Third French Republic, and then Bill will get the answer, I'm assuming. The Fifth Republic. Oh, that sounds familiar. Bill- yeah, that's actually the Fifth Republic. That sounds yeah. awfully familiar. Yeah. Bill is correct. It is the Fifth French Republic. Oh, oh man. I-, I should have assumed one more, one more France <laughs> that I missed. <laughs> I was trying to think of how many Frances I could remember there having been. Um, honestly, I feel I feel like was it was it Bib who guessed a zillion? Because I feel like he was closer in spirit to the answer. <laughs> like, the answer is far way too many. Uh, question two. Question two. Since what what was what were the two big parties before the two big parties were Conservative and Labour in the UK? So I can't name both of them. I think one of them was called the Whigs. Okay. Okay. Uh, Patrick? I went with the Whigs and the Liberals. Okay. Uh, Bib? I did not know that the Whigs were in the UK as well, because I know they were mm, at one in point in the US too. Yeah. I just wrote down a big list of things that kind of sounded like they might be political parties. Um, including the Federalists, oddly enough, which came up in a later question. But I think for the two, I'm going to go with the Royalists and the National Retribution Party. Nice. That sounds real. That sounds legitimate. Uh, I wrote, I wrote Labour and the Monster Raving Loony Party. (laughs) Uh, Bill, what'd you get? Uh, Liberals and Whigs is what I got. Uh, the correct answer is the liberals and the conservatives. The, I wrote so that first. The, uh, I wrote that first, and I crossed it out for Whigs. I wrote that Tories and liberals. Whig is just a really fun name for a political party. Oh, That's the only it. reason I know it. I think the Whigs were a political party in the UK. They it's were. just the, and also in the US, they were a political party in the UK, and then a political party in the US named themselves after the British Whigs. After the British Whig Party had actually split into separate factions, I think. Hmm. If I'm remembering that right. I wrote Tories slash Whigs and Liberals. Do I get a point? Because I kind of fought both. I'm happy to not get a point. I'm just annoyed with myself. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. I Hmm. think we established that if you got one of them, that's half a point. Oh, nice. It's Christmas time. Let's be generous. Does Tories count as conservative party, though? It's a a nickname. Tory is a nickname for for the Conservative Party. Yeah, so if if that's the case, then, then that's two points, right? If the answer is liberal... No, wait, sorry. 
because this is just worth one point. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm giving myself half a point. I'm doing it. I'm going rogue. I've got myself half a point. <laughs> uh, question three is enough. Question three is, what decade did women in the UK get the right to vote? Mitch. Uh, I said the 1890s. Okay. Um, who's next in order? Oh, Patrick. I went with the 1910s. Bib. I said 1920s. I said the 1930s. <laughs> Bill? I also said 1920s. Oh. Okay, so here, here's the problem. If you Google UK right to vote for women, Google gives you one of those quick answers at the very top that says uh, women could be elected to parliament starting in 1918. But then you actually click on the link and it's like, in a series of laws from 1918 to 1928, they... They gained the right to vote. So I think if you guessed 1910s or 1920s, you should get a point. Ooh, yep, yay. fair. Yes. I was just kind of hoping it would be like significantly earlier than the United States, because, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, of course, the first uh, MP, the first female MP in, in elected in Westminster was uh, Countess Markovich. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Who never yeah. took her seat because they were an, abs- an abstentionist party at the time. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, Fun fact. The question four. Okay, question four was, uh, who is the only, what was the name of the only U.S. president to serve two non-consecutive terms? Uh, this guy had a Muppet name. His name is Grover Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick? I've got Grover Cleveland as well. Okay. Uh, Bib? Yep, this is the only one that I was even remotely confident about, was Grover Cleveland. Uh, I, too, have Cleveland after much deliberation. Thank <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Bill? Grover Cleveland. Yeah. Yay! Hmm. <laughs> Either uh, everyone yeah. has the wrong fact, or... <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. It was indeed, as I'm sure the whole audience is shocked to hear, Grover Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> I am surprised at how common knowledge this apparently is, even outside the U.S. Like... Does anyone know anything about Grover Cleveland other than that he served two non-consecutive terms? Because this is a weird thing to just be remembered for. He has a volcano in Alaska named after him. Oh! One time I watched a video from uh, Daniel O'Brien that was about Grover Cleveland, uh, and I remember very few things about it other than the joke that he made that he has a Muppet name, so I stole that joke from him. (laughs) Thanks, Daniel O'Brien. I do know that he had a fake jaw that he kept in a jaw on his nightstand. Like huh? a, a fake jaw for personal use. Uh, like I would assume would so. A fake jaw. <laughs> it's unwise to share your fake jaw. Like, huh. but how how does one use a fake jaw? Did he not have a jaw? I don't know. I can't <laughs> recall the details. I think he like suffered some like jaw injury at some point, but yeah, wow. I I cannot re- say any more than that. So we, turns should actually, out... we should get Daniel O'Brien. Daniel O'Brien would be able to answer that for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Next, next year's pub quiz. <laughs> uh, the, right. So apparently, people know a lot about Grover Cleveland outside of the the two terms thing. That's pretty cool. I, apparently, I only knew about the two terms thing. I had no other <laughs> knowledge of him. Most famous U.S. president, apparently. Uh, <laughs> question five. This this one was uh, the what was the name of the only president elected in the U.S. Uh, by the Federalist Party? I think this was I think this was Thomas Jefferson. Okay, Patrick. 
Luckily, I've been listening to the Hamilton soundtrack nonstop, and I know this is John Adams. <laughs> oh. oh, oh my God! Oh, I know him. Livid. <laughs> okay, bib, oh, bib. I couldn't remember exactly who the Federalists were or what their like objectives or policies were, so I kind of just grabbed a random old president and said Andrew Jackson. Fair. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and uh, I put Jefferson, but I I know now the error of my ways. Um, <laughs> Bill, what did you get? So this is quite fun. I did write John, and I did write Adams, but I also wrote Quincy in between. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no, Bill! I was so close. <laughs> we can't. Ah, uh, oh, we can't give that to you. Oh, oh no. We can't give it to Man, why did you go with the middle name? You should have went ambiguous, and if there's a dispute, then you could nail your colours to the flag. <laughs> Rookie error. Oh, too honest. That is tragic. Honest uh, yeah, Bill, they call him. I'm, um, I'm assuming the, the correct answer is, in fact, John Adams, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, grand. Okay, cool. Yay. So then, the, the uh, yeah, so question six. Uh, question six is, in what decade was the current Irish constitution established? Mitch. Uh, this is a trick question. Uh, Ireland doesn't have a constitution. <laughs> Interesting. Some might say that our constitution is infinitely bad, as such as to not have a constitution. Uh, so it's uh, not to that Patrick. Um, I wrote the 1920s because this might be wrong, but I believe that's also the decade they separated from the UK, possibly. I should know this better. So if I just angered the Irish quarter of this podcast, third even, <laughs> Irish third. <laughs> you you won't, don't worry. Uh, bib, uh, bib, number four. Um, I, I think my thought process was... Um, I initially put 1776, because that's the American independence thing, um, whatever it's actually called. The year all constitutions were written. Exactly, exactly. It was very felicitous, you know, very good timing on their part. Um, but then I decided that that probably wasn't right, so I just added 100 years onto it. So my final answer is 1876. Cool. Uh, Bill, do you want to just give me your answer, and then I'll sneakily write down what your answer is? <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, I'll tell you I, Irish. <laughs> You're telling me that. Can I even tell you this in Mila? Uh, was it Mila? No, no. Nadeg. Nadeg is a truck. Is a fiha. Illustration uh, cart. Oh shit! What was it? Nadeg truck shocked. I say on. I say on Vian. Nadeg truck. Okay. Okay. So apparently, yeah. according to Bill, the answer is nineteen in nineteen thirties. Uh, I put 19, is... I put nineteen twenties like a terrible Irish man. <laughs> <laughs> nineteen, yeah, it is nineteen thirties. Oh. Uh, the UK did break up. Like, I I would have guessed it was nineteen twenties before I googled it in preparation for this show. But apparently, you guys had like a constitution, like like you're yeah. on your second constitution or something. Is that so, right? Yeah. See, I thought the 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 constitution we were all because as far as I remember, 1922 there was some sort of constitution going on. I'm sorry, a bit of them wrong. I thought that was the final one, but it seems to me like there's another one after that. I just wasn't aware of. Bill, um, I'm not sure what the constitutional status was um, at at first when it was the the free state, um, which is from the 20s. Uh, but the the constitution was ratified in 1937, 
and that removed, I'm pretty sure, the um, the monarch as the head of state, I think. Hmm. Uh, I'm not positive on that, but it was still technically part of the, the Commonwealth and it was a dominion and stuff. Um, and then it, it got full republic status in the 40s, I think 47, mm. I think 10 years later, um, maybe 48, it, I, um, it, got, it, it passed the Republic Act and became a full republic. I am so ashamed. Mm. This is not good. <laughs> and this is going to go public. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's, uh, let's tot up our uh, scores. What did, uh, Mitch, what did you get? I got a point for Grover Cleveland. Cool. All right. Uh, who's next in the order there? Uh, uh, Patrick, what you got? I got three and a half in that round. Cheers, isn't wow. that? <laughs> Look at Patrick go. Uh, Bib, what did you get? Amazingly, I managed to get two out of that. <laughs> uh, I got one. Excellent. Uh, Bill, what did you get? Four and a half. Nice. Oh! Nice. So Bill, Bill is currently on uh, 5.75 points. <laughs> no, just just point seven. Oh, sorry, yeah, just point. I'm sorry, five point seven. Yeah, yeah, that's a hilarious score to have in this round. I love it. Okay, uh, so uh, we go into round three. Yes, so my round is obviously sort of name related or etymology, word origin, whatever you want to call it. And uh, question one, if we're already, so question one is. If Oxford means a ford for oxen to cross over, then what kind of animal uses the ford in Hartford to cross over? And spelling of Hartford? Uh, That's H-E-R-T-F-O-R-D. Cool. Hartford. But it's pronounced Hartford, so it sounds like it's pronounced with an A, but it's pronounced with an E. Mm -hmm. Classic. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone ready for question two? Yep. Yep. Cool. So question two is, which two planets of the nine main planets in our solar system, and yes, I'm including Pluto in this, are not Incorrect. named after... It's wrong. That's the wrong number of planets. You've missed a few. There's more than that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not having this conversation. This, this is Patrick's having... question. I think if Patrick wants to say that Jupiter isn't a planet, he gets to for the sake of his question. Darn straight. Okay, yeah, it's, so, it, we all know it's Mercury, Venus, Earth... Ceres, the moon, Mars, the sun, uh, the the, nor- uh, the the morning star, the evening star, Gibraltar. Which two? Which two of the main planets are not named after Roman characters from mythology? Roman mythological characters. I'll say no more on the matter. <laughs> which which two? Yes. Which two? Yes. There's two two. There's two that are there. There's two that are not Roman, and uh, the rest are. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the two out of the fifty. Yes. I have an answer. Well, I have two answers. And I'm not uh, sure if they're the we... same ones that you're thinking of, but I think I can justify them. I'm looking forward to this answer because I would I would have bet my left foot that there was only one, but I'm 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 really I'm, interested to see what this answer is. I, I might be wrong. So question three, are we all ready for question three? <laughs> yeah. Which Lord of the Ring character's surname comes from a colloquial term for cotton wool used primarily in Birmingham, England? Cotton wool. Could I ask uh, for a clarification on that? Hmm. Uh, what do you mean by Lord of the Rings? Do you mean like the entire universe or like would this be a character in The Hobbit that isn't in The Lord of the Rings? It's a character from The Lord of the Rings. Okay, Specifically so like, The Lord of the I'll, Rings I'll books, not the yeah. wider mythos. Yeah. It's from specifically, yeah, the Lord of the Rings. Okay, mm. okay, cool. 
All right. Yeah, I'm good. Yep. Yeah, cool. Uh, next question. Question four. What fruit is thought to have a name originating from things such as alligators and testicles? So there's a fruit. There's a couple of ideas about to where its name comes from. One of the ideas is that it relates to alligators. The other idea is that it relates to testicles. Which fruit is it? I think I've heard of this one. Do you enjoy this fruit, Patrick? Mm. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Hmm. It's okay. I don't love. I, I kind of. I, I wouldn't eat it out of choice. But if it's there, I'll like. If it's in my food, I'd eat it. But I wouldn't choose to eat it. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I did originally have a question that had the same answer, as long as it's the answer that I'm thinking of. But I redacted that one. Are we all ready for the next question? Yes. Yep. Cool. So, question five: Which specific lady does the name ladybird slash ladybug, depending where you are in the world, refer to? So, the little insect, the ladybug or ladybird, that's named after a specific actual lady. Which lady is it? There was a time when I knew this. <laughs> and that time is not now. It has since left me <laughs> in my time of need. <laughs> Why have you betrayed me? Ladybirds curse you. Uh, everyone ready for the next question? Yep. Yeah. Final question. Okay, mm-hmm. so the final question is what is the popular name for the generation of children currently being born? Uh, I am not confident. So nope. is that all? The, is that is that, uh, has everyone done their answers? Yes. Yep. Cool. So are we ready yep. for answers? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. question one: If Oxford means a ford for oxen to cross over, then what kind of animal uses the ford in Hartford to cross over? Uh, so uh, this one is hearts, obviously. Just as in, like, just 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 the heart, or do you want to speci- specify that? No, literally just the heart. It could be any animal's heart, uh, but this is their ford. Are you sure? You know, okay, no, like you've lost your chance. Uh, carry on, next one. Uh, Zidnaf. Uh, I think a heart was an archaic word for a pig. That's my guess. I have reasonable. nothing to back it up. Sound reasonable. <laughs> next answer. Bibleridian. So I guessed horse because it just happens to have some of the same letters, but I'm sure that's a coincidence. <laughs> Next answer. Uh, that is me. Uh, I wrote Care Bear. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill. Uh, I said deer. And Bill, you are correct with deer. So heart, so heart is more traditionally spelled H-A-R-T now. And heart is an old English term for deer. I think specifically like a teenage stag or like a young male stag. And you'll often see heart. In the names of pubs, though, you'll see quite a few pubs called the White Hart, and like a White Hart was obviously like this sort of rare sighting. Mm. Um, and White Hart Lane is the name of a football ground here in England as well. So yeah, it means a crossing for deer, as they were called then, hearts. Mm. Mm. Isn't a, so, a hind is a female deer, isn't it? Or am I misremembering that? That sounds right. Yeah, it could yeah. possibly be right. Yeah, wasn't one of the labors of Hercules that Chimerian hind, not Chimerian, the, the golden hind, the golden hind of whatever it's called. Yeah. Do something like that. Uh, question two. So here it is. Which two planets of the nine main planets in our solar system, yes, I'm including Pluto, are not named after characters from Roman mythology? And none of the others. That's the weird thing. You're including Pluto and, and none, none of, of the, the other bonus others. ones. Nope, none of the others. Just, uh, in fact, my solar system is just Pluto. Everything else <laughs> is just like, it's just Pluto. So there's only one up, so it's actually a trick answer, only including Pluto. That's how I see the solar system, just Pluto. Oh, we're all just we're just all comets that happen to haven't landed anywhere yet. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's so uh, good. Uh, Mitch, what's your answer? Uh, so this one is Earth, 
which is named after dirt, and Uranus, which is a Greek god, not Roman. Oh, God. Okay, uh, it's enough. I also guessed Earth and Uranus, but... mm, mm, Okay. mm, Okay, let's keep going. Uh, (laughs) Bib. Right. So, I have also said Earth, and I have also said Uranus slash Uranus, because if memory serves me correctly, uh, Uranus was originally, when William Herschel discovered it, he originally wanted to call it George, after yeah. King George. The George Sidus. It was the Georgian Sidus, not, not just George. That would be very silly. Oh. So instead they called it Uranus, which is less silly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's what I'm going with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, uh, I got this wrong. Uh, I wrote Earth and I wrote Mercury uh, because I thought uh, in my head I had it that Mercury was the uh, the messenger god for Zeus, but that is incorrect. Um, yeah, those are my answers. Oh. <laughs> and Bill. Uh, I said Earth and Uranus. It is Earth and Uranus. Yes. Well done, everyone. Uh, yeah. right. can, I get a half, in- can I get a half point there, please? Uh, go for it. Treat yourself. It's your podcast. Treat yourself to a half point. Thanks, man. <laughs> is it because of the so George there... thing? Or is it something else? Uh, no, it's just because Uranus is a Greek god. It's literally just that. Ah. Was there was there a Roman equivalent? Uh, Neptune. Uh, no, Neptune the... was the equivalent of Poseidon, though. Yeah. Who is the Greek Oh, who am I missing? The Roman equivalent is Chalus. Hmm. I've never heard of Chalus. Wait, yeah, I don't know what that is. Cadus, yeah, as in uh, the Klingon. He is. I remember reading this. He is. I think he's Cronus's dad. Like it goes like Jupiter is mm. Zeus. Yeah. Then the one Saturn. It's like it was like father, grandfather, great grandfather. So Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus. It's it's three generations, I believe. Though I might be wrong in saying that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's I'm, right. I'm pr- I'm pretty confident that's right. Yeah. Uh, Does sound right. Question three. Let's carry on. Which Lord of the Rings character's surname comes from a colloquial term for cotton wool used primarily in Birmingham, England? Mitch. I went with Legolas because I know what his last name is. What, what is his last name? Greenleaf. Uh, Greenleaf. Greenleaf. I did not. I did not know that. Yeah, I knew that. Um, uh, I know that because of the joke "Legalize Greenleaf." Oh, Legolas is a weed meme. Nice. Uh, next question, next answer. Zidnaf. Zidnaf? Uh, yeah, so the answer is Dumbledore, obviously. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Just give, give Zidnaf all the points. Now, what is Dumbledore's last name? Uh, Dumbledore. Dumbledore. His name is Dumbledore Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Ah, yes. I will say, I will say, however, you know um, the little moths that Gandalf sometimes, like, catches and, like, whispers to and then releases? Sure. Mm-hmm. Those are called Dumbledores. No. Oh, yeah. Yep, that is yeah, their actual it means, name. It means bumblebee in, in Old English or something. It, yeah, like something like that. So but they're referred to as Dumbledores in the text. Purposed differently. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Ready for the next... Uh, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pipperidium, oh. what's your answer? Oh, yeah. Um, as I say, I'm totally ashamed that I don't know this. I just guessed Took, because it just sounds mm-hmm. kind of nice-ish, maybe. Oh, of course, all the hobbits have... Bleeding second names. How? Yeah. Oh. It might oh. just be Baggins, but I went with Took. Dear God. Okay. okay. Uh, I put. I, I just blanked completely on names, and I just put the Gray. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm sure someone in Birmingham does call it that. 
Um, <laughs> and then Bill, what did you get? Uh, you didn't actually specify that you had to say what the last name was. You just said name the character. So I said Mary. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. I didn't say that. I mean, you're still wrong, but yeah, <laughs> correct. <laughs> so what's what's the right answer? Is Gamgee. Oh. Oh. Uh, I believe Gamgee is also, not only is it a colloquial term for cotton wool, it's like a, there's still a medical t- kind of cotton wool called Gamgee tissue paper or cotton wool. If you Google Gamgee cotton wool, something does come up. It's like a specific sort of thicker medical stuff. Wow. There uh-huh. you go. Huh. Um, there you go. Or Gamgee roll, Gamgee tissue, it, it, something like that. Uh, question number four. Question number four was okay, so which fruit is thought to have been named been named after things such as alligators or testicles? Mitch. Is this an avocado? Hmm. Is it now? Mm. Uh French toast. Nice. French toast botanically is actually a fruit and etymologically unrelated to French or toast. It originally meant alligator or testicle. <laughs> Incredible. Nice. Uh, uh Bib, what did you get? Um, I am concurring with Mitch in saying that this is the awakatl, which is the original Nahuatl word for avocado and testicle. Oh, wow. Mm. Uh, I put down... Breaking out the original Nahuatl. <laughs> I got a, I admire the pronunciation, folks. Well played. Um, <laughs> I put down plum. Uh, Bill. <laughs> um, I, I thought avocado about... A, Eighth of a second before Mitch said it, but what I actually wrote down was durian. So let's go with durian. What the hell is a durian? It's the big smelly thing, isn't it? The king of fruits. Yes, yeah, South American mm-hmm. or South Southeast Asian. Yeah. Wow. Every time I've so, been to China, you walking past the market, there's this unbelievable horrific stench I know that it. Yeah. smells like rotting meat, and it's the durians. Apparently, it's very tasty if you eat it, but... Yeah, I've been told by multiple people that it tastes much better than it smells, but I frankly don't believe them. <laughs> so the uh, correct answer is avocado. Wow. Yeah. And obviously, the testicle etymology comes from its shape, and the alligator etymology comes from like the texture of its uh, skin. It's kind of like looks mm. kind of like a, a uh, alligator's skin. Oh. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, um, you know. Question five. Uh, so, question five: Which specific lady does the name Ladybird slash Ladybug refer to? Uh, Mitch. So I don't know this one. I do know like a thing about ladybugs, which is like that their name in some languages literally translates back to English as "God's little cow," which I think is nice. But I don't know the answer to this question. Oh. <laughs> I love that. That's adorable. It is right. That's yeah. The word for um, snail in Mandarin is "wanyo." Which means shell cow. Nice. I I like it. Because when you look at a snail, you think that's a cow. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like I heard somewhere that it was the Virgin Mary. Uh, My guess is the Virgin Mary, but I don't know. Uh, I was assuming uh, the lady was like a title, like Lady something or other. That's the person I got. Yeah. Let's hear your answers then. Oh, sorry. So, well, next up, anyways, is Bib. So, I don't know either, but I said Florence Nightingale because it just came to me. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I put down, I don't know either. I put down Lady Godiva because that was the first lady I could think of. Um, and Bill, what'd you get? Uh, I also said Virgin Mary based on the fact that it is oh. called God's Little Cow. 
in in various languages. There's the religious connection. Yeah. Irish so, has a Bowie yep. Day and Russian has it as mm-hmm. well. So I figured religious connection. So it is the Virgin Mary. You're quite right with that religious connection. They were originally called Our Lady's Bird and. Uh, the Virgin Mary is often referred to as Our Lady. Like a lot of churches, like Our Lady of Sorrows, is a church near towards me with that sort of name. So yeah, it was Lady, and it was due to the color. Like traditionally, Mary was painted oh. in red robes until they discovered lapis lazuli. If I've said that right, and that was so pretty, they started paint using it for the Virgin Mary. That's why she's blue now. Ah. And I believe the seven the ladybirds traditionally have seven spots on their back and like they thought the seven spots related to the seven sins of mary it's something like that i'm not 100 percent mm. sure but it's mm. something along those lines so yes that's why wow. ladybirds have that name cool. why they're called birds i don't know Be- being called ladybirds makes just as much sense than being called cows i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, question six uh, question six is what is the popular name for the generation of children currently being born mitch so philosophically, I disagree with the concept of generations, but uh, there's a few common names used for the current generation of kids. The one I've heard the most is Generation Alpha, because we ran out of letters. Oh, I, yeah. No. I also wrote down Generation Alpha. Oh, babe. Um, once again, I am of the same mind as Mitch, I, the, the concept of generations has never made any sense to me. And honestly, I don't really keep track of what, what they're doing or what they are or what years delimit them. So, and yeah, I don't know what the letters we use these days for them are. So I just guess generation W. We should not have started with X. It was a horrible idea. It's way too late in the alphabet. <laughs> um, I, but it's I, extreme yeah. and cool. This is the thing where I was like, I guarantee you these people are not being born anymore, but I didn't know who was next. I put down Zoomers, but that's like, you know, not correct. <laughs> uh, I'm a Zoomer, yeah, technically. But see, that's the thing. I was like, I was thinking like, are they still being born? And I just... People in my generation are like just old enough to have kids now. So yeah, that's, that, that's a generation gap. Yeah, but also, yeah, that's fair. But also, isn't the generation gap in the generation thing? Isn't it like really, sh- it's like 15 years or something, isn't it? Or I mean, like- again, it's fake. Yeah, like, exactly. people aren't all born at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, I'm horrifically wrong with that. Bill, what you get? Um, you know, I figured that it probably would be something like Generation Alpha um, following on from Generation Z. Uh, but Generation Z are also, or Z are also known as Zoomers. And by analogy with Zoomers and Boomers, I figured that the newest generation could be called the Numers. Oh! oh. That's a really... that That's, like, really narrow-minded in terms of, like, it's the opposite of future-proofing. Like, because yeah, what comes uh, after that? But, I mean, if we start off with X, like, as, as right. Zidnaf pointed out, I mean, it's it's certainly following a theme of bad future-proofing. Mm-hmm. It's, so, it's stylistically uh, accurate. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I think I think this started with bad future proofing, like baby boomers, the ones in you know the baby boom, because there will never be another spike in birth rates. <laughs> right, right. The greatest generation. Hey, come on, <laughs> <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so the correct answer is Generation Alpha. Oh. I, I I legitimately have never heard that before. This is literally the first time I've heard that term. There you go. You learned something. Yeah. Mad, madness. Um, cool. Let's do some points. Mitch, what'd you get? Uh, I got three. 
Nice. Three. Okay. Uh, I also got three. Okay. Uh, Bib. I also got three. Oh dear. I uh, I'm now <laughs> putting pulling up the rear with my point five of a of a point. Oh. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. That was a bad one. Bill. I got three. Oh dear. <laughs> Okay, uh, and so that is end. What's that round? That's round end of round three. Right. Round four is Bibliridian's round. Right. So um, I mainly decided to settle on the theme of biology, but there are a couple of other ones in there as well. So to start with, question one: Where in the world could one find a ginkgo? <clears throat> I am not feeling good about this section. <laughs> no, <laughs> babe, can I can, can I just go ahead and give myself a zero? <laughs> <laughs> I think I literally failed high school biology. Hey, wait. Um, I actually so I know enough about this to know that this follow up question will make people more confused. But can you spell that? As G I N G K O, ginkgo. Actually, it's G I N K G O. What? You are correct. I've written it down incorrectly <laughs> yeah the spelling makes literally no sense I, I love the fact that this word is spelled this way yeah i don't know what's going on there um <laughs> uh, where where in the world where in the world so that it it is associated with one particular country but um just any general like region of the planet's surface should be okay 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 um got it everyone ready Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Question two. Within the United States, which Native American language has the greatest total number of speakers? Better get this right. Hmm. Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Guaranteed. I think I know this. It's okay if you get it wrong. I just have to get it right. <laughs> it's not like I make conlang figures or anything. <laughs> uh, sure, I'm good. Everyone ready? Yeah. Yes. Question three. Sharing many similarities with, and often mistaken for, rodents, members of the clade Lagomorpha are more commonly known by what name? By the way, did I mention I had a lot of difficulty calibrating exactly how hard I should make the questions? (laughs) No, no, I, I think I know that one, actually. Oh, good. Maybe, but who again, knows? But again, the difficulty is a non-issue because if they are absurdly difficult, it's hilarious and it gives mm. us an opportunity to put down silly, silly answers. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Did um, any of us think to ourselves, I have perfectly calibrated the question difficulty? No. I, yeah. I, I thought I made mine harder than I actually did. So, <laughs> um, Sorry, uh, Bib, could, could you read that out again? I'm sorry. Sharing many similarities with and often mistaken for rodents... Members of the clade Lagomorpha are more commonly known by what name? Lagomorpha. Like the name for the clade overall? Uh, yes. Hmm, okay. There is some wiggle room here, but we'll get to that. Okay. Mm, Okay, alright, I'm good. Ready? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Question four. A chionophile is defined as a species adapted for what kind of environment? Ooh. Can you spell that? Chionophile 
C H I O N O P H I L E. Right. Good to go. Mm-hmm. Got a joke answer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Question five: Humboldt, colossal, vampire, and banded piglet are all varieties <laughs> of what type of animal? <laughs> oh, what? Oh, man. Oh, I love that. Do you want to just read it out there again? Because it sounds great. Yep. Humboldt, that's H-U-M-B-O-L-D-T. Humboldt, Perfect. Colossal, Vampire, and Banded Piglet are all varieties of what type of animal? Sure. I'm good. I think I might actually know that one. Mm. I don't think I know it. <laughs> I, I think it's too easy because of one of them in there. Um, I think there's the obvious answer, and I don't think it's it, but I do not have the intelligence to know beyond the obvious answer. I think, so. I ha- I think I'm think i going with the same obvious answer, unless uh, there's a second mm. also obvious answer, which mm. is also wrong. I didn't think I had the answer until you guys said that there was an <laughs> obvious answer, and then I started thinking, wait, there's an obvious answer? And then I thought of one. Hmm. Maybe we're Maybe all we just have wrong. Three, we have three separate wrong obvious answers. <laughs> <laughs> that is entirely uh, possible. All right, question six. Finally, question six, just for a bit of fun. From the works of J.R.R. Tolkien, name any of the Ainur. Oh, dear. Uh, name any of the Ainur. Really wish I had watched CGP. Grace I literally well. just made a video about Quenya, and I still don't like. I don't know I, any of this stuff. When I saw when I saw that in my subscription feed, I thought like, oh man, like what perfect. Timing. I know the language. I know the language stuff. Could you I know say that. Ainur? How <laughs> I... Ainur is. I just if I hear if I I'm somewhat no talking and but I've only ever really read it. If that makes sense. Mm. Sure. I mean the names are not exactly, you know. Easy yeah. to deal with. Ainur is A I N U R. Okay, cool. Thank you. That 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 rings a bit more of a bell. I still can't think of any of them. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Okay, I'm good. Okay, I've got something. All right, answers time. Shall we proceed? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, question one was. Where in the world could one find a ginkgo? Uh, Mitch. Uh, this is from Japan. Okay, Sidnath. That was frighteningly confident. Uh, I guessed the Amazon rainforest, because just statistically, I figured <laughs> I'd have the best shot that way. <laughs> right. Nice. Um, uh, Patrick. I wrote aisle four. And then I more specifically wrote <laughs> South America. If I'd be a serious answer, I wrote South America. That's so good. Uh, I rolled Afro-Eurasia. Oh, uh, really good. <laughs> Bill. Um, I wrote East Asia. I also wrote down Socotra, but I think that's a probably a little overly specific and probably also actually wrong. So I'm going to go with East Asia. I shall award a point to Mitch and Bill because the answer that I have is East Asia. They, so what is a ginkgo? Yeah, I, what is this? A ginkgo is a, a specific type of exceedingly ancient tree. Um, we have some fossils of them going back like 270 million years. It's crazy. 
Um, and they are, they're often called living fossils, even though that term doesn't really make very much sense. Um, but they, the only place really that they're like left in any number, great number is in East Asia. So they're, they're reasonably common in China and I believe Japan as well. I know about this because, um, I know that the word ginkgo is like one of the interestingly, uh, bad spelled words in English because... The K and the G are in clearly the yeah, wrong order. Looking at it now, that um, does look pretty terrible. Yeah, the history of it—it was—it literally was a typo that became the standard. <laughs> Chaos wow. reigns. The first English speaker to write about them in like a in like a science thing spelled it wrong, and then that just became the way we spell Stuck it. Around. <laughs> That's amazing! Wow. Uh, question two. Right. Question two was within the United States. Which Native American language has the greatest total number of speakers? Mitch. I believe this is Cherokee. Wow, I would never, I would not have guessed that. Um, Zidnaf. I was going to guess Navajo, but now I'm scared. Cherokee sounds really plausible. I don't know. I'm scared now. <laughs> we'll, we'll need yes, an answer. You can't change your answer to Mitch's answer because it sounds better. You have to go one more time. Yeah, my answer is Navajo. My oh, answer okay. is Navajo. I'm just... Okay. I'm nervous. Um, Patrick. I, I guess Navajo as well. Um, I too guessed Navajo. I was kind of torn, but I'm going to go with Mohawk. Okay. Ooh. Answer? The correct answer is Dinebasad, which is more commonly known <laughs> as Navajo. Yes! Oh, really? Yes. That was a roller coaster. Oh my oh. god. <sighs> Holy crap. Yep, it's got, I think, 170,000 plus at this point. So I'm, it's pretty firmly the number one at the moment. It's the one Duolingo has, isn't it? That's it. That's exactly why I picked yeah. that. I was like, it's on Duolingo. Surely there must be enough speakers for it to warrant it being there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. I think Cherokee is still is still doing pretty well, though. Mm. Yeah, Cherokee is definitely up there. It's, it's also, like, geographically uh, more widespread, mm. uh, which is because of... Uh, colonialism reasons mm. but like there's there's more places where Cherokee is spoken yeah Navajo is pretty restricted to the Navajo because nation white area people are scumbags <laughs> yeah yeah um question three right question three was sharing many similarities with and often mistaken for rodents members of the clade Lagomorpha are more commonly known by what name Mitch uh, these are rabbits Oh, interesting. Zidna. I feel like I've... I feel... I guessed rabbits. I, f I feel so torn because I feel like I know that lagomorphs are rabbits, and but also I would have sworn that lagomorphs were rodents. So, I don't know. Mm. I'm guessing rabbits. Patrick. I went with lagomorph as well, and the main reason I did that is because uh, Max in Sam and Max is often referred to as mm. a lagomorph, if you know Sam and Max. <laughs> wait, wait, hang on. You said you went with lagomorph as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went with rabbit for like a oh, oh, okay. Right. There we go. That okay. makes more sense. I want to talk about Sam and Max very briefly because it's a really great game and comic book. <laughs> <laughs> I I literally I just nothing like my brain couldn't. Uh so I put down just blank. I have nothing for that. Bill. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote down rabbits and hares. I'm tempted to yep. give you an extra half point for that, because that is correct. It's rabbits. But Hares are also included, and if you're really next level, you could also mention pikas. But yeah. the hell is a pika? That's what Pikachu's based on, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. Potentially. They're like rabbits, but cuter. They're like small mouse rabbit things. I, th I thought... It's not rodents. I thought Pika was uh, a Japanese word for mouse or something. And the chew is a onomatopoeia for, for electricity. Yeah, something, yeah. But it also ties in, it sort of ties in, I think, with this rodent as well, this hmm. lagomorph even, I should say. Neat. Mm. I believe. Wow. Yeah, so lagomorphs, not rodents. They have a, uh, a very close common ancestry with rodents, but they are technically not rodents. <laughs> Pika's looking at their class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. I, I, need to, I need to Google. How do you spell Pika? Uh, P-I-K-A. K-A. Yeah, okay. As it's, yeah. Um, oh, my God. I saw so I Google. I, I didn't Google that. I put it in my, like, uh, spotlight thing, and it brought up Apple TV, and now it wants me to watch television. <laughs> Why on earth would you even do that? Sorry, folks. Hold That's on. an Hold efficient use show. of your time. <laughs> Isn't it? Um, Pika. Let's have a look. Uh, if anyone else listening would like to know what a Pika looks like, it's going to be in the chapter art. Um, <laughs> oh, they're adorable. Yeah. Oh, look at them. Oh, look at his face. Oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That's made my evening. Okay. Um, I was kind of sad that no one mentioned the Hyrax. Because Hyraxes are, are often mistaken for rodents. They are not Lagomorphs, no, they're okay. Aphrathias. Well, actually, they're in yeah. their own order. They've got Hyracoidea all to themselves. But, they're awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Fun fact, my earliest memory was of being bitten by a Hyrax when I was three. Oh, dear. Uh, wow. Yeah, I still have the scar on my right hand. Um, Wait, okay, hold on. How do you spell Hyrax? H-Y-R-A-X. Oh my god! Oh my god! That guy looks ferocious. All right, that'll be in channel art as well, folks. Mm -hmm. They're like uh, angry woolly mountain beaver things. Yeah, they're like they're like goblin beavers or goblin rodents or something. They're incredible, and they make a hilarious oh, right. kind of snorting noise. And it's kind of um, commonly said that they are like the closest living relative of the elephant, which is technically true. But elephants are alive, so... <laughs> the closest True. living elephant of an elephant would be its ma, presumably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, is, this is true, this is true. <laughs> oh, Alright, uh, anyway. question... What are we on? Question four. Question four. four, four. Yeah. Question four was, a chionophile is defined as a species adapted for what kind of environment? Mitch. So, of course, this is a species uh, adapted for the void of space. <laughs> mm. I, I'm i going to guess that these are animals adapted for pinecone eating. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that Very specific. might be right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Patrick? Uh, I just wrote the fun we had along the way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, was, that was my guess. Yes. I don't, I don't know if that's correct. Can I grant um, DM inspiration for that or whatever? Oh yeah, yes. point. Do it. That's brilliant. Uh, okay, what? Uh, who's Patrick? Uh, oh yeah. Um, I I heard cryonophile, um, and so I figured freezing temperatures. But then you spelt it, and then I was like, well, I can't possibly interrogate that at all. So I left down freezing temperatures. Uh, Bill, uh, I said extremely high pressure. Okay. What's the answer, baby? Well, Edgar, give yourself a point because it's adapted for the cold. 
<gasps> no. Yeah. I was going to write that, but then I thought I'd be funny instead, but I still got a point for being funny, so it's okay. <laughs> carry on. So, um... Wait, wait, wait hold on, sorry. I, you're probably going to explain now anyways, but surely the, the thing for cold is cryo and not, like, well, ky- kion or whatever. So, kionos is Greek for snow. So, it's, like, adapted for, like, tundra. So, hmm. yeah. Wow. It's not a term that's used very often, but um, apparently they specifically needed one. There's also, I think, xerophile is uh, for... No, xerophile is for deserts. I think there's one for hot things as well, but I can't remember what it's called. Wow. Hmm. This is good. This is literally going to be my best round because of that. I'm so, I'm so stoked. <laughs> <laughs> Question five. All right. Question five. Humboldt, Colossal, Vampire, and Banded Piglet are all varieties of what type of animal? Uh, Mitch. So this could be literally anything, right? Because these are just names. You could name anything these things. But I, I know a vampire bat is a thing, so I mm-hmm. went with bat. Uh, Zidnaf. I also went with bat. Patrick. So a vampire bat is definitely a thing. However, there's also a vampire squid. And the colossal other squid. Colossal. And a colossal so squid is also a thing. Uh, oh. oh, okay. That's good. I, I wrote that. <laughs> Bill? I said deer, because there is a vampire deer. Nice. Is there a is a vampire deer, deer yes. Vampire deer. Is a vampire. And I had an idea that there was a Humboldt deer as well, and a banded piglet deer seems plausible. Colossal less so, but, you know, three out of four. Colossal deer sounds terrifying. <laughs> well, there, there did used to be uh, enormous, enormous, um, they're called Megaloceros. They're, yes, they're, they're, the they're, Irish they're elk. Ireland. They're class, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like three meter uh, antler span. And they would all cross the bridge at Hertfordshire. <laughs> <Yes>. Right. <laughs> they have a set of those antlers up in, uh, is it the National History Museum or something over in Dublin? The um, National History Museum. And there's one in the geology department in Trinity as well. And like, I, I went there many years ago and I was like, I knew of the Irish elk being giant and stuff. And I was like, they're not going to be that big, those antlers. And you walk in and it's like, how can any living thing support this monstrosity? <laughs> yep. Like, it, it was... <laughs> Huge. It doesn't seem physically possible or at it's all efficient to support cool. such ridiculously huge structures. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. No wonder they're extinct. Uh, so, what is the answer? So, congratulations to Patrick. It is indeed a squid. Wow. Uh, for the record, Bibliridian, that, that is a great question. Oh, That's thank a you. Really good I originally, oh, yeah. in the original version I had, instead of colossal, I had giant, but I thought that was too obvious. And I thought the vampire might throw some people off, but. Mm, it did. Yeah. It, it did successfully. It was that was that was a great question. Um, now, question six. Right, final question from the works of J.R.R. Tolkien. Name any of the Ainur. Mitch. Uh, so, of course, uh, the only one I am familiar with is Dumbledore. Sick. Obviously, Frodo was an Ainur. Yeah, Uh, Patrick. Um, This was kind of a stab in the dark. My Lord of the Rings knowledge isn't as good as it used to be. But is the Balrog an Ainur? Don't to pronounce it, but I went with the Balrog. I don't think that counts as a name. I don't know. Just, just yeah. Carry on. Um. Okay. I'm. I'm not going to say my answer for a second. I I suspect uh, you're probably right. Aren't the Ainur? Bibby can answer this in a second. Aren't they what Gandalf is? He's like one of those quasi. No, he's an Astari. 
Is it Meyer? I think. A Mayan, okay, yeah, I can't remember. Something oh, like okay, that. okay. Because okay. the Balrog and Gandalf, they're on the same kind of like god tier, aren't they? God, yeah. I'd say my my, my LOTR right. knowledge isn't good it used to be. Okay, Bib, you're going to need to fill us in uh, about that later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, anyway, back to the question. I, I wrote Melkor. Um, oh, that's a good one. Mm. Yeah. I think that might be, actually be plausible, but I'm not yeah. confident. Bill. Is that like the guy who was Sauron before Sauron? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I meant him, but I wrote it wrong. I wrote Morgoth. So that is not wrong. That is that is very correct. Oh, oh. dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so so hang on. So 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 the answer is is specifically Morgoth. No, um, no Morgoth any. is indeed a correct name for Melkor because Tolkien has a really okay. annoying habit of giving everything at least two names. Yeah. Nice. Mm. There is well, there's the original. There's the original name that they actually had, and then he has the localized English name because in universe, <laughs> the Lord of the Rings is a translation of this document that he found. Yeah. So there's the localized name and the actual original language name. Yeah, there, there's so many points if you read the Silmarillion. There are so many points where it comes across a bit like, and then it was that Elantor, who was hereafter called Squagdor, will then go off and do something <laughs> else, and it's never explained why the name changed. It's just he just does that now. Oh, nice. So am I not am I not correct with the Balrog? Just so, to double good firm. So the the term Ainur is a general term for all of the uh, divine or spiritual beings that were created before the material world, and there are theoretically an infinite number of them, but there are a select few dozen that are named within the text, and they include. All the Astari, so all the wizards. So if you said oh. Gandalf, that is correct. Oh, that's been way easier. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, it also includes the Balrog, or any of the Balrogs. So Durin's Bane, Gothmog, or any of the other ones. I don't think any others are named explicitly. Um, then it also includes all the Valar, so Morgoth slash Melkor as well. Uh, that is correct. Um, Frodo, sadly, is is not to my knowledge. Uh, he is not an angelic being. I think he's just a just a hobbit. Um, ah, dang it! And Dumbledore so he's, he's is a real good boy, though. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the uh, t- to my point about the um, about the Balrog and Gandalf being on the same tier is that correct, or am I mis- misremembering that? Well. Tolkien is also really, really vague about. Um, like the general power levels of things, I guess you could say. Like mm. Morgoth is literally the progenitor of all evil. He is he literally is Satan. Um, but there's a point in the Silmarillion where a uh, particular elven king challenges him to a one-on-one fight, and this is just like a normal elf. I mean, he's an elven king, but still, he's just an elf, and he almost wins. So. It's kind of, this is not really, you know, an equivalence here. But yes, in the sense that um, Gandalf is an Istari, which is one of the Maiar, and a Balrog is also technically a Maiar as well, in the sense that they are not Valar, because the Valar are gods, then yes, they are kind of roughly on the same level. Okay. Um, cool, cool. Did I, uh, I miss anyone's answer there? Did anyone no. say? I don't think. Nope. The ones I've got: Frodo, Dumbledore. Uh, Dumbledore. Sadly, I, I don't think that quite counts. Um, he is a wizard, so he, he is indeed a wizard. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid that's okay, not quite so let's enough. do some. Let's do some points, Mitch. How many points? 
I got two points that round. Okay, Zidnaf. Also two points. Um, Patrick. Uh, I got five points that round somehow. Nice. If we're including my um, joke answer, I got five points. Wow. If we're including the fun we had along the way. I will include that. Good God. Nice. So you you are now the leader uh, in terms of score per round. Bill was the previous one with 4.5. You're pulling ahead there. Nice. Um, I mean, it's technically so- four points, but I'll take that. I don't know the inspiration point. It's, it's an important <laughs> mechanic of this session. Uh, don't, don't be dissing the inspiration point. Um, yeah. I got three. Bill? I got three. Three. That was a high-scoring round. Babe, that was a great round. Mm. Oh, thank you. I, there were some whopper questions in that. I really like that. Um, okay, who is next in the order? Oh, it's me. It is you. Uh, so my, my questions are kind of loosely based around kind of like non-modern English slang words. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Question number one. What sort of a person was a crumpsy person? C-R-U-M-P-S-Y. A crumpsy person. Hmm. Uh, Question two. Ready? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, how might one have felt if they felt flobby mobbly? F L O B Y M O B L Y. Flobby mobbly. Flobby mobbly. With an L in the second part. Yes. Flobby mobbly, according to my thing here. I, that may be a uh, copy and paste error or a, a spelling mistake. Um, but according or, or to my. Or a spelling mistake that became the correct, per- the correct spelling. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Flabby, mobbly. How would one might be feeling, you say? Yeah, how might one have felt if they felt flabby, mobbly? Because oh. no one feels this way anymore. Uh, they do, they just wouldn't describe it as flabby, mobbly. <laughs> I've, got, I've got something written down, I'll say that much. Hmm. Uh, okay, question three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. Where might one have ordered a cuddle me buff? Wait, what? <laughs> Question is where? Where? Where might one have ordered a, a cuddle me buff? <laughs> cuddle me buff. <laughs> yep. Spelt uh, C U D D L E hyphen M E hyphen B U F F. Cuddle me buff. That sounds like a last airbender animal. <laughs> it's literally like Tickle Me Elmo, but like. <laughs> <laughs> also, Toys R Us. <laughs> yes, the great grandfather of Tickle Me Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> Cuddle me buff. <laughs> I can picture it like like the f- old fat brown Elmo. Cuddle old old cuddle me buff. They call him. Uh, okay. Does uh, question four? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Why not? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, after many cuddle me buffs, one might become arf arf and arf. What does arf arf and arf mean? Can you spell that? Yeah. A or F. A or F A N apostrophe A or F Arf Arf and Arf 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 and Arf <laughs> you, you say that after many cuddle me buffs Yes One might feel Arf and Arf <laughs> Yeah exactly What does Arf 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 and Arf mean then Arf Arf and Arf <laughs> Yes uh, to be honest, it feels that's... bad. It feels bad saying it. Arf, arf, and arf. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm a hobbit saying that. It feels very Shire-esque. Arf, arf, and arf. 
Uh, to be honest, I really enjoy everyone repeating these nonsense words in their, <laughs> in their own accents. It's wonderful. He just admitted they were just, nonsense. <laughs> He's tricking you know, us. Anything. It's just, <laughs> this was a trick. <laughs> we're going to get to the answers. I made them all up. I just wanted to hear you say them. No one gets any points. Uh, okay, so question uh, question five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if one became too arf arf and arf, and perhaps a little crumpsy, the mutton shunters might be called. What is a mutton shunter? What? A serious answer for that one. This is like a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like it trying totally to like is. dignify these with actual definitions is like. Uh, well, again, according to the internet, these were actually these were actually terms, and I am again according to the internet using them correctly. Um, so can you can you repeat can you repeat this one? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm sorry if I can't get through it in without laughing, but here we go. If one became too arf arf and arf, and perhaps a little crumpsy, the mutton shunters might be called. What is a mutton shunter? Is that shunter with an S H? Yes, so that's M U T T O N S H U N T E R mutton shunter. That sounds like something that you'd have to like bleep from the final cut of this. No, like, no, no. If someone called me a mutton shunter, I would feel offended. <laughs> it is perfectly I agree. PC. Perfectly PC. Well, it is now, but at the time. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess it's. I guess it would be considered derogatory, but like it's not like an expletive. You know, it's not obscene. It's not obscene. No, it's not obscene. Okay. Well, they hadn't invented sine waves yet, so like there wasn't any way to censor people. <laughs> oh, oh god! <laughs> car horn. Uh, question number six. Yes. Yeah. Uh, spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Okay, now this one is just, just <laughs> this one isn't even real. That one's from a book. You know that. Oh yeah, no, this one's breaking. That's why I said at the start it was like kind of based around. Um, What's called old English slang terms. Apparently, though, I did a bit of research on this. Apparently, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Um, I always thought of it as coming from Mary Poppins, but apparently, it was a term used prior to that movie by a good couple of decades. Um, hmm. Is it prior to the book? Uh, when would the book have come out? I think. I think the. Oh, I can't remember what the internet said. It was like early nineteen hundreds. Um, uh, is, that sounds about right for the book, yeah. Ah, uh, for the book. Okay, right. Because I, I only associate it with the actual movie Mary Poppins. Uh, but anyhow, spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. No, 1934. So never mind. I was wrong. Thanks for putting up with these questions. <laughs> this is a great round. <laughs> Very clever round. Thanks, man. The fact that there's a, a context connecting them is is neat. You have no idea how hard I tried to get all fo- all six to be like a little story. I just couldn't find enough archaic like <laughs> slang terms to make them all wrap together. I'm trying to think of something that would make all of them make sense together, and I can't. I can't think of anything. This is everything I come up with. I'm just like this is a very weird story. I don't. I don't know why that would happen. Uh, just for the record, though, question six is detached from the other five. Yeah, we all understand yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Um. All right. Answers. Yeah. I mean, technically. Technically. I have technically written responses to each <laughs> yes. of these questions. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, question one: What sort of person was a crumpsy person? Uh, Mitch. Uh. Well, this is someone who would crump sometimes. 
who, ha- <laughs> who had crumps sometimes. No, if you nice. if you would crump, you know, like 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 the cool dance. If you would crump uh, occasionally, you would be considered crumps. <laughs> Wait, there's a dance called the crump. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, there we oh, go. Eggy, you're showing your age. <laughs> yeah, um, the who's next? Uh, Zidnaf. Uh, I'm sorry. I started changing my I started changing my answers later on. I did the same thing. The story better, and I'm still, yeah. I'm trying to decide. <laughs> I'm trying to decide what to happen. I think. I I, I think somebody who was crumpsy was drunk. That's that's my guess. Okay. They literally all sound like they're syn- they, they literally all sounded <laughs> like they meant drunk. Like I, like, they do. seriously. Uh, Patrick, what did you get? I wrote an angry little goblin man. Angry little goblin. Interesting. <laughs> uh, that's, that's just... Like you wrote down the words an angry little goblin man, or you drew a picture of an angry little. Oh goblin no! Man? I, I, I wrote down the words an angry little goblin. Okay. Man. I could try and draw a little angry little goblin. Man. Please do. <laughs> Put it in the and, and if you do, make sure the angry goblin man is crumping. Uh, yeah, uh, Patrick. If you wanna, if you wanna actually submit that to me after the show, I will put this chapter out. If you feel it's it's uh, uh, it, it's just the generic sort of picture of an angry looking person. It's not too exciting. I can send you a picture over. Do do do. Oh God, uh, Bibliridium. What did you get? Um. Yeah, I I went back and revised a lot of my answers as well to try and fit them into some sort of cohesive story, but it didn't work at all. So, um. I just said curmudgeonly because it just has that nice, that same sort of feel to it. Someone is crumpsy. They're just like bitter and angry and just. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, maybe. Bill, what did you get? Uh, crumpsy means disheveled or slovenly. Interesting. Interesting. So the, the babe, the answer according to Google was a short tempered or irritable person. Uh, a curmudgeonly person is a bad-tempered and negative person. Do I? Would we award maybe half That's a point? That's close enough. Or yeah, full no, that is what I was going for. Full point. I'd, I'd allow it. Okay, full point to Bibliorin. You may give yourself Ooh. a point. Half a point wow. for angry little goblin man. Uh, sure, I'll give you. You know what? Do you know what? Do you know what, Patrick? I, I think I think that's worth half a point. I, I think you, you should said just, angry, and that was in the definition, right? I think you should just take. If you submit to me your artwork, I think you should just take another inspiration point. So have yourself a full point. <laughs> uh, okay, question two. How might one have Patrick felt... getting by on pure moxie? <laughs> uh, question two. How might one have felt if they felt flobby mobbly? Uh, I wrote down, and I quote, I mean, it doesn't sound good. Drunk? <laughs> question mark, exclamation mark. All right, cool. Uh, Zidnaf, what did you get? Flobby mobbly clears, clearly means that you were, like, angry to the point of violence, that you had, like, lost your mind and you were about to kill someone, as in there were there was a horde of terrifying flobby mobbly orcs about to invade the city. <laughs> nice. Uh, Patrick, what did you get? Um, so I don't know how well this this reference will go across the Atlantic, and luckily I didn't draw this one. I just wrote the feeling after a wild night with Mr. Blobby. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know how. I don't know if our American friends know Mr. Blobby, but that's what, no, Tom, that's what came to Tom mind. Scott recently did a video that referenced Mr. Blobby, so I do know that reference. Oh, that's fine. Oh, God, that was that was Patrick. I'm actually a little bit, uh, a little bit upset that I already, uh, I already gave you an inspiration point. Oh, 
sorry about that. That's, that's okay. I mean, it might be the right answer. You haven't said what the right answer is yet, sure. so it might be correct. Absolutely. Listen, you stay positive, pal. Um, the, who's next? Biberidian. Oh, he's awful. So I just Googled Mr. Blob. He's awful, isn't he? He, he, really he is. Oh, it's awful. Now I need to search this. Uh, oh. Did y'all see the Tom Scott video about uh, Jingle Bells, Batman Smells? It's a really no. good video. No, there's links, links in the show notes, everyone. Yeah, it's seasonally appropriate. I remember Mr. Blobby from that, from the Tom Scott video now. I couldn't recall it. I wish yeah. I still couldn't recall it. Yeah, Mr. Blobby did a jobby. <laughs> oh, God. Yep. Oh. The first time I was introduced to Mr. Blobby, I was um, in a conversation um, over email with a friend, and I was asking them about, I can't remember exactly what the context was, but I was looking for artwork for like some sort of like horrendous elder god or something to use as a reference and he sent me Mr. Blobby. <laughs> it, which... it was entertainment here like for the, for the non-UK or Ireland based people that was like that was like the peak of entertainment Mr. Blobby for a spell. Yup. It was yeah it was oh. um, <laughs> Again if I could assign you another inspiration point uh, I, I would but according to the rules we laid out start I can't. Like um, I said I might be right still we don't know. Bibloridian what was your answer? So I had originally said drunk, but then I dialed it back and just decided to go with just tired. Interesting. Okay, Bill, what did you get? Um, I would give a different answer now in light of the rest of the context, but I said confused. It's confused. Okay, so the answer mm. I have here is flabby mobbly is the, that feeling you feel when you're not unwell, but you're not at 100%. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Uh. You would you would feel like that after a wild night, Mister Blobby. I must admit, <laughs> you wouldn't be. <laughs> uh. That is a useful phrase. We should bring that back. It's the mouthfeel of it is terrible, though. It does feel very bad to say out loud. <laughs> it really it's does. because it almost rhymes and then doesn't. Uh, would I? Yeah, that's what threw me off because the L is. I want to say flabby mobbly, but that's not it. Like it should be flabbly mobbly, right? To, to be fair, to be I fair, I like it. To be fair, I may have just written it down wrong, <laughs> but like, to be honest, like that, uh, the addition of an extra L in the word flobby is that wouldn't really have affected the answers too Flabbly much. Flobbly and blabbly. But do you <laughs> think <laughs> the word not rhyming makes it live up more to its meaning? Like it doesn't sit quite right with you. Like you think it yeah. should rhyme, but it mm. doesn't. It fits that sort of not being. Un- it's like the yeah. uncanny valley. Yeah, exactly. It is. In word form. Um, yeah. Should I? Should I give? Biberidium, I'm half inclined to give you at least half a point because if you're mm. if you're tired like in at non-tired times, you're not unwell, but you're also not at a hundred percent, like kind of definitionally. So I'd be inclined to give you that if that's okay with the with the gang. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna stop you. Okay. But all right, I'll take it. Um. Okay. So question number three: uh, Where might one have ordered a cuddle me buff, Mitch? So I just said Britain, and that's my whole answer. <laughs> oh, I really should have been a little bit more specific. Uh, okay, okay. That's actually a good answer, given the lack of specificity. Uh, Zidbeth. Yeah. Uh, Kansas, in the 1800s, a cuddlebean buff is what you called a cooked baby buffalo. Wow. That's my guess. Is that a really legitimate horrific. thing? No. Hmm? Is that a legitimate thing? No. No, I made this up. <laughs> you said with so much confidence. Yeah. You were so confident, yeah. Will it into truth. <laughs> that was my strategy, yeah. Uh, Patrick, what did you get? 
Um, I just went lowbrow and wrote a brothel. Not not that funny, I'm afraid. Just sure. sort of, just, yeah. just, 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 just a brothel. <laughs> Could just, be. Just a sex Coincidentally, story. that is also where you will find a Tickle Me Elmo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it could be right as well. Who knows? Um, Bibliridian. Um, yeah, I was just boring and it just, I focused on the, the verb order. And so I just went with tavern. Tavern. Interesting. Uh, Bill. Uh, this is another one I changed, I did change this one in the, in the context. I said, uh, East London pubs. Okay. Bill, Bibliridian have some points. Yeah. Oh, the answer is in a pub or tavern or whatever. Uh, I'm not accepting Britain, despite it being uh, kind Come of on. correct. That's correct, though. Right? <laughs> Do you know what? It's Christmas time. Have half a point. Um, so I feel like I should have stuck with my answer and been like, no, you. it doesn't matter if you can't find it on Google. This is sacred folk knowledge passed on in my family. That's what we called them, I'm telling you. <laughs> should have tried to claim a point that way. Uh, the a cuddly buff, apparently, it was a, tor- a term used in Yorkshire, if I recall correctly, and it's a term for a beer. Of course. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Anyhow, so Is it a specific type of beer, or did they just call any beer cuddle me buff? I, I think it was, like, yeah, any type of beer-like thing, so ales or stouts or whatever, but I could be wrong on that. Um, <clears throat> somehow I don't think, like, a short, like a, like a vodka shooter or whatever we call the cuddle me buff. Um, I, I can imagine the etymology being, like, you sit there and you kind of cuddle your pint for a little bit. Um, yeah. I think that's Nursing what... It. Nursing it, exactly. Uh, mm. Question four. After many cuddly buffs, one might have become arf arf and arf. What does arf arf and arf mean? Uh, Mitch. Okay, so the other ones kind of sounded like they meant drunk. This one is definitely drunk, though. Cool. We'll see. Is it enough? Uh, I, I guessed full. Like, arf arf and arf is one is is... Is when you've eaten a lot and you feel full. When you've eaten a lot of cuddly offs. Yeah. Yeah. Because this makes absolutely no sense in the context of the next question, but I couldn't. I couldn't make it work. So that's my guess. I guess. Um. <laughs> uh, sorry, Patrick. Uh, as I thought the previous uh, answer was a brothel, I thought then this one. If you felt half half enough, you might feel used. What point does this become not safe for work? I'm uh, happy to, I'm, uh, sorry, guys. We'll bring it, bring it, the mood down. We can beep, we can beep it to the heart to my heart's content in the edit. People are ready. What was your answer? So originally, I had already used drunk for question two, but then once we got to this question, I realized the only thing that I could think of to say was transmogrified into a seal. But I decided that. <laughs> That it was probably more likely to go back and change the original drunk I had to tired for uh, flob, flobby mobbly, and then for off, off, and off, that would be drunk. Okay. So I'm sticking with drunk. Cool, cool. Uh, Bill? I wrote drunk. All right, to everyone who said drunk, award yourself a point. Yeah. Um, question times. number five. If one became too arf arf and arf, and perhaps a little crumpsy, the mutton shunters might be called. What is a mutton shunter, Mitch? Is it like the police? Is that your actual answer, or are you kind of guessing? <laughs> I put two on... question marks after it, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Is it enough? I think it's the police. The, context... the, the only other thing I could think of for the context was like. I don't know, an ambulance? Like doctors or something? 
But no, my guess is the police. They definitely wouldn't be chumfers if they were like, right? Well, that's the term, right? Mutton chumfer? Mutton chumfer. Shunter. 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 Yeah, that sounds mean. That sounds like something you would call someone you don't (laughs) like. And you wouldn't call a doctor a shunter, I don't think. No, but we have we have the word shrink. Like maybe maybe a mutton shunter is like the people who who, or or maybe it's like I don't know, the medieval version of people like mental health people. Like maybe a mutton shunter is the people who would come and throw you in a lunatic asylum. Maybe I, I was going to speculate based on how you're speculating that you could arguably say that anyone who works in kind of the funeral industry could be considered a mutton shunter, in a very sort of derogatory term. Like they just throw bodies in the ground. Mm. <laughs> I, see that being thing. I might it's, be misremembering, but I think at some point in the medieval period, um, doctors were considered untrustworthy, and like they were all quite low status and just looked down upon in general. But I could be misremembering that. Hmm. Interesting. Hang on. If Edgar's speculation was right, like if we imagine that we're that like people who throw you in the grave are mutton shunters, then this scenario is like if you're feeling just a little bit dead and like slightly unconscious, <laughs> the mutton shunters might come and throw you in the graveyard before you wake up. I mean, I mean, back in history times, they didn't have any way of checking if someone was alive or not, so they would just throw you in open grave. I've heard yeah, that. See what happens. Yeah, exactly. History they did bury people alive a lot, which is why mm-hmm. they attached the. The bell to the inside of the yeah. grave. History times were so bad. Oh, they were. Uh, so, who 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 gave that answer? I've lost track. Um, I haven't gone yet. I think uh, didn't I said police? Police, Patrick. What's yeah. Um, I wrote police as well. Okay, Bib. Another for police. Bill. One more for police. Everyone gets a point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically, I guess a mutton shunter would be like a policeman. I don't know if one can apply that to the entire establishment of the police, but I'll accept. Uh, the singular is actually police. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so it uh, is an offensive term. The oh yeah, I suppose it's a derogatory term, but like not offensive in the sense that like you know you would have to beef it. Like it's a uh, beep it. It's not well, like oh no 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 not not that way. But if someone called me yeah. a mutton shunter, I would be offended. Sure, sure. That is yeah, I would also be offended. Like if someone if someone called me a police officer, I would be offended. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> right, but again, not beepable material. No 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 no. Yeah, no. no. It um, should be though. Okay, <laughs> folks, folks, this is the one I've been waiting for. Uh, spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Mitch, you have the stage. Okay, so in the stage musical version of Mary Poppins, they added an extra verse to the song where they spell it. And I know of that version, and as a result, I probably should know how to spell it, huh. but I don't. So, <laughs> Did you attempt it? I did attempt. Oh. Uh, so what I have written is... S-U-P-E-R-C-A-L-I-F-R-A-G-I-L-I-S-T-I-C-E-X-P-E-A-L-I-D-O-C-I-O-U-S. The, you are almost correct. X-P-E-X-P-I-A-L-I-D-O. Uh, uh, oh, man. I was, it was between those two. I was yeah. like, oh, man, is that an I or an E? That was like the one thing. I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah. Sid Naff. Uh, so Edgar, you're you're gonna check my spelling as I read the letters in order to you. Is that how this works? Go for it. If I if I read it fast enough that you can't keep track, do I get the point? <laughs> uh, you get negative one point if you try and dupe the question asker. 
Oh, no. All right. Okay, so what I have here is S-U-P-E-R-C-A-L-I-F-R-A-G-I-L-I-S-T-I-C-E-X-P-I-A-L-I-D-O-C-I-O-U-S. Bingo, one point. Holy crap. Oh, boy. Very I did not think I would get that. Well done. This is a miracle. Patrick. So, you know, Edgar, I just wrote no. <laughs> I just thought, I just thought I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm going to be the bigger man in all this. I'm going to be I'm gonna have the higher ground. I just wrote no. Yeah, I, you, 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 you cannot give me a point. I, I feel like I, I have the moral victory here. Have you already had an inspiration point this round? Yes. Yeah, I have. Oh, you see, you should have spoken up at the start and said, "Listen, lads, I'm gonna. There's a good chance I'm just not going to cooperate. So uh, we should allow. We should allow just, multiple inspiration points. It's, it's just who I am, you know. It's just that's just me. I'm afraid. I'm just. I thought, nope, not doing this. To be fair, I I do the exact same thing. We we had a pub quiz recently where one of the question was name every member of the extended Kardashian family, and I literally just went no, no, no. How extended is extended? Because technically, how extended? Oh, I I can't. Remember remember but the answer was like oh there's so many people like i was shocked i was like i thought like there would be like five or six or whatever that were like a well-known but there's so many of the the people and i, I just was like i'm not doing this so uh patrick you are a man of my own heart i wouldn't i would not attempt the spelling uh I wish patrick had gone first i would have like joined him i like i would have been like i'm going on strike with patrick we're going to yeah, is it too late to unionize uh, no. <laughs> there should be no unions and no changing answers <laughs> Uh, how did you get on? Alright, so I went through a phase where I, like, um, I enjoyed learning overly long words for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And I always kind of turned my nose up at supercalifragilisticexpialidocious because it was just, I just thought, oh, it's that stupid Mary Poppins word that tries to be long, but it's not really long compared to some other words. So, and I didn't really focus on the spelling as I was learning these words, so... I'm not sure if this is right, mm-hmm. but I probably should have been keeping track earlier. But so what I currently have is S U P E R C A L I F R A G I L I S T I C E X P I A L I D O C I O U S. Bingo, award yourself a point. <laughs> oh, wow. Dang. And then finally, Bill. S U O I C O D I L A I P X E C I T S I L I G A R F I L A C or E P U S. Oh, sorry, I read it backwards. Sorry, S U P E R C A L I F R A G I L I S T I C E X P I A L I D O C I O U S. Did you actually read that? That was it backwards, was it? Yes. Wow. I just t- <laughs> just rattled off letters just in random order. That's brilliant. Uh, definitely take an inspiration point for that one. I, I enjoy it. Oh, sweet. Um, all right, so let's have some Wait, score. does I get that in addition to the correct answer? Uh, I, as far as I can tell, yes. Sound. I reserve the right to retroactively take a point off you in the edit if I see that you've uh, uh, tried to con me. Uh, um, so, Mitch, how many points? Let's see. I got, I got two and a half points. Two point. Five. Um, Zidnaf. I got just the two points. Bib. Uh, Patrick. Uh, two points. Bibliridian. By some truly awe inspiring stroke of fortune, I have five and a half. Wowzers. 
Wow. wow. Holy cow. Who knew <laughs> old English slang is apparently my calling. <laughs> uh, Bill, how much do you get? Uh, four or five, as you prefer. What, what, what do you mean? As in, like, that's the inspiration point? Yeah. Depending I'll, on if that one was worth two points. I'll give you a point. I'll give you then five it is. Five it is. All right, cool. Uh, so that is the end of my round. Next up is, or last up, is Bill. As the as the eldest present, the final round has fallen upon me. Um, like everyone else, I've really no idea about the the relative difficulty of this. So I've been quite generous with uh, with clues in in how I've put the questions, and um, I'll be reasonably generous with with uh, the answers. Uh, the topic is battles, mm-hmm. so I am going to give the name of a battle. And the answer is the conflict that it was part of. And there'll be specific things, maybe, for, for some of them. Um, for some, I'll give a half point for a more general answer and the full point for a more specific answer. Cool. Mm. That makes sense to everyone? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I have absolutely yep. zero confidence in any answer I'm about to give. <laughs> <laughs> I know a little about history. I have no idea how I'm going to do. I'm excited to find out. Okay. Well, let's just get straight into it. Um, the first battle... The Battle of Jutland, and to give you some context for this, it was a naval battle, mm. and it took place in the 20th century. So wait, sorry, did I miss something? What do I have to say about this battle? Uh, what conflict this battle was part of. Oh, okay, sorry, my bad. Okay. That's okay. In the 20th century? Yes, it took place during the 20th century. The Battle of Jutland. That's a good one, because it's not mm. one of the like handful that are I think extremely obvious, but I think it's a, like popular enough that people will know a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. I I have never heard the, the that string of words before wow. the Battle of Jutland. So again, uh, military history is one of these things that I've like I, I know zero things about. It's it's a swingy topic, yeah. Sorry, swingy. Um, the second battle is the Battle of Salamanca. And this took place in the early 19th century. Oh, dear. You okay, Edgar? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, will I go to number three? Yeah, sure. Do it. Uh, number three is the Battle of Rourke's Drift. This took place in the late... 19th century and has been depicted in film uh, quite a famous film the name of which will pretty much give you the answer to the to the question the battle of Rourke's Drift oh my god hmm. you said the late 19th century Okay. the late 19th century the late 1800s or the the latter half anyway the latter Hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, number four. There's a number of these, but I'm looking for the ancient Battle of Thermopylae. This has also been depicted in film, quite famously. Again, if you're not sure exactly what the name of the war is, give me some info and we'll we'll, we'll see a way if we can get you some points. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Bill will talk to his manager, see what he can do. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, now, again, there were several of these. So, the siege of Baghdad in 1258. Gosh. Wow. Again, the, the era is, is, a, is kind of the, the yeah. clue there, really. Oh, yeah, it really narrows things down. Okay, I'm good. Mm. Okay, number six. Sure. Yep. And uh, the final one, the Battle of Little Bighorn. Uh, this again is the late nineteenth century, the late eighteen hundreds. Um, it's also known by another quite famous name uh, after one of the leaders involved. I'll give a I'll give a half point for that. And again, there's there's a half point for the the general kind of answer and uh, a full point for a more specific answer as to what the conflict was. Oh boy, I have two of the same wars down. These were actually just all the same war. <laughs> <laughs> the 10,000 year war. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Trick question. Okay, I've got answers. Yeah. I got okay. answers. Yep. Okay, as I said, if this is a total wash, I can do another. I, I've got another topic, no, uh, which might be a bit you. more fun. Yeah. I might dig my heels in. This is my. This might be my chance to pull ahead. <laughs> I'm confident that I will get zero points. I might lose points this round. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, will we go through the answers? Yep. Okay, yep. Mitch, what did you have for the Battle of Jutland? Okay, so for the first one I wrote down, uh, the problem with this topic is that I can't really do a joke answer because it's inherently not funny. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, uh, Who's next? Zidnaf. Zidnaf? World War I? I'm going with World War I, but it's mostly a guess. Okay. Patrick? Uh, I'm going with the First World War as well. Okie doke. Bib? Bibliridian? I also randomly guessed World War I. (laughs) <laughs> okay, and Edgar? Uh, I had World War Two, and literally, literally before we started the answers, I was like, it's got to be World War One." So I put down World War One, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're not all wrong here, and it is in fact World War Two. So World War One is my answer. The answer for the Battle of Jutland is World War the First. World War One. Hey. Hey. Oh. Uh, there is a fun fact connected to this to this battle. A fun. <laughs> Seven million died. Isn't that interesting? Fun? <laughs> An interesting yeah. fact. Um, so it was the the decisive battle between the uh, German navy and the British navy in World War One, um, and as a result of it, uh, a lot of the the German ships were seized. And they were like the ones that took place in, that took part in the battle were seized, and they were taken to Scapa Flow, which is in Scotland. Uh, and there's like a massively, massively deep uh, undersea kind of chasm there, and they were eventually scuttled. So there's all this steel at the bottom of Scapa Flow, and that steel is required to make Geiger counters because after the detonation of uh, atomic bombs, there's too much. Uh, radiation in the atmosphere or like radioactive material in the atmosphere and steel is is processed using atmospheric air. So any steel that's used to make Geiger counters from modern steel is too radioactive to be an accurate Geiger counter. So they have to get steel from stuff that was made before the 40s and the 
easiest source of that is the bottom of Scapa Flow, where the scuttled German navy is. Wow. Wow, that's yeah, interesting. That was really good. Yeah, I, thought, I thought that was a fun fact for everyone. Whose idea was that? Who They were, were they <laughs> sitting around like making Geiger counters, and we're like, oh, we need some metal. And one guy's like, I know where we can get some. <laughs> <laughs> the most interesting heist film ever. Um... <laughs> Okay, question two. Battle of Salamanca. Mitch. Uh, Mitch. Uh, for this one, I wrote... Uh, see, like, I could do something trying to guess where it is based on what the name sounds like, but, like, that's nothing. <laughs> so, is it my turn, then? Is it that? <laughs> and that is the name of the war that this battle took place in. The Battle of... The, the War of Nothing. No, the War of... <laughs> see, like, I could do something trying to guess where it was based on what the name sounds like, but, like, like that's nothing. Nice. I like it. It's known under many names. It's known under many names. <laughs> is, is it enough? Uh, so if I guess, if I guess the overall broad conflict correctly, but or but like when I get more specific, I get it wrong. Do I still get a half point? Uh, yeah, I will. Yeah. Okay, I'm guessing. I think this was the Napoleonic Wars, and more specifically. I'm guessing that this was Napoleon's invasion of Spain, which I think is a thing that happened at some point. Whoa. Okay. Big brain over here. Uh, Patrick. <laughs> I just wrote some sort of South American revolution due to the name okay. and due to the time, but that might be completely wrong. Okay. Uh, Bib. I likewise said the South American Wars of Independence, which I'm not hey. entirely sure are a thing, but that's what I'm going with. Uh, I somewhat stupidly wrote American Civil War, figuring that perhaps there was some battle in like Mexico uh, that was territory of Mexico <laughs> that had that sort of name, but like no. Um, what was the answer? I will give a full point to Zidnaf. Nice. Yes. There is a ridiculous reason why I know that, and that is because the there is an internet image that's often used as a reaction image called the the lol pair, which I just thought looked really pretty, so I looked it up, and it was by an artist I wound up really liking, and the actual name of the painting of this digital painting was the laughing pair of Salamanca. And I look, and I remember looking it up, and for some reason, it stuck in my brain that Salamanca was in Spain. I think I know the image you mean. I didn't know that was where it was from, though. <laughs> um, yes. So this is the uh, Peninsular War. Is 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 the name here? But you're you're right. It was the Napoleon's uh, campaigns mm. in Spain, um, and Battle of Salamanca <laughs> was one of the, the critical battles in the Peninsular War. Number three. Let's go through it, uh, Mitch. Uh, can, can you repeat the question? Uh, the Battle of Rourke's Drift, um, late 1800s, and uh, there's a reasonably famous film about this battle. Right, so what I have written here is, um, the hint about film probably could have helped, but it did not. <laughs> <laughs> is it enough? Uh, I'm guessing the US Civil War, but it's just a guess. Okay. Um, uh, um, I really had nothing with this one. I've written World War Three. Um, <laughs> the time travel war. Yeah, exactly, exactly. By that yeah. point, we'll be able to go back. Well, we'll have, we'll have reset our calendar by then. <laughs> uh, Edgar? Uh, I had no idea. I wrote some Scottish War of Independence. Excuse me. Sorry. 
Oh, Patrick. I got denied. Um, I wrote Zulu. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, Patrick. I, I accidentally skipped you. Apologies. That's okay. Okay. Uh, one full point to Patrick. Whoop. No. Yes. So Rourke's Drift was uh, like a trading post in, on the border between Natal and Zululand. And it was near the start of the Anglo-Zulu War, which is like 1879, I think. Um, and this was a defense of this this trading post by fewer than 200 uh British army soldiers and like colonial soldiers and stuff and I think there was a policeman there as well um, uh, against something like 4,000 Zulus wow cool yeah cool. over over a, th- a day and a half or something um, uh, very quite famous film from the 60s starring starring Michael Caine yes. um, uh, question four the battle of Thermopylae Mitch uh, this one I wrote yeah, I've got nothing. I've already run out of these meta responses, and we're only on question four. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, uh, it's enough. Uh, I I wrote down Greco-Persian Wars. I wish I could get more specific, but I can't. Okay. Patrick? Uh, I just wrote a Punic War as the only ancient war that I could think of. <laughs> one of them. <laughs> yeah, just one of them. Since there's three, that might be worth a third of a point. Yeah. Um, Edgar? Oh, sorry, Biberidian? I said exactly the same thing as Zidnaf. I said, I didn't. I don't know what the actual name for this particular war was, but I said the Greek-Persian War. Grand. And uh, Edgar? I am so happy that I wrote Greco-Persian War and it's the same as what Zidnaf got, so I'm I'm confident a point is forthcoming. Uh, yes, I will allow Greco-Persian War for oh. Zidnaf, Bibliodian, and Edgar. Um, so this, I think, was the, the Persian second invasion of Greece and it's from, it's it was shown in the battle of, uh, or the film 300. Of that, course. that famous thing. Yeah. Uh, so where, do we get a, a full point or a half point for that? Uh, I'll give a full point for it. So I did know, Ooh. like, because I heard, okay, ancient ancient battle, famous film about it. Okay, it's probably 300, right? But hey, what war was the movie 300 about? Oops, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a half point for recognizing 300. I didn't write down that I recognized it, though. That's the problem. Oh, well, okay. I leave that to your conscience. Um... Get, can I get half a half a point? <laughs> <laughs> what would that even be? Um... It would be a quarter point, obviously. Uh, I am totally up for giving quarter points just to add a mess to this already messy scoreboard. So, yeah, yeah. I like this idea. But if you allow that, we should add a quarter point in for, for Mitch there. If we really want to make it, if we really want to mess it up, what if we gave him what? What if we gave him one one seventh of a point, just to make it so there's no clean way to write it down? <laughs> um. So yeah, that was that was the Battle of, of Thermopylae, uh, and as I said, it was in the film Three Hundred. And if you watch 300, they'll uh, continuously refer to the Hot Gates, which is the translation of Thermopylae, Thermopylae, Hot Gates. Mm. There we go. Cool. Um, Number five, uh, the Siege of Baghdad, specifically in 1258, because Baghdad has had a whole load of sieges. (laughs) Mitch. All right. Um, For this, I wrote... Okay, so, like, I've actually heard of the place where this was, which doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid it does not. <laughs> uh, 
uh, uh, is enough. This was the Mongol invasions, I think. Uh, I wish I could be more specific. I don't know, but but I I hope. <laughs> I'm hoping Mongol invasions of the Middle East give, gets me half a point. That's what I'm crossing my fingers for. Cool. Uh, Patrick? Uh, I drew Arab War with a question mark after it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's the best I could do. Bibliridian? I had absolutely nothing for this one. I just said the War of Baghdad. Nice. <laughs> Neat. Um, and... Edgar? I I did a similar thing to I think it was Patrick. I wrote just like the Islamic War. Um, it was the Mongol invasions of of the Middle East. I'll give a full point for wow. Mongol invasion because that was kind of what I was looking for. Who was it? God, um, damn. Uh-huh. very good. Yes, I kind of thought there were like sub wars within that. Like I I was expecting you to want like the Mongol Abbasid wars or the the Mongol Idrisid or whatever. That, that well, was. it was it was exactly the Mon- the Mongols and the Abbasid Caliphate. So yeah, the Abbasids held territory by that point. I kind of thought they were figureheads, and there would have been some like some Arab dynasty that actually held political power that we would have named the polity after. Uh, well, this this is considered the end of the Abbasid Caliphate. So maybe maybe that was their their last that was their last uh, holding or something. Huh. All right. Well, I'll take the full point. Uh, thank you. <laughs> are you are you on full points currently, Zendaf? Uh, no, I didn't get question number three. Okay. I've gotten four out of the five points so wow. far. Wow. Well, I didn't uh, get the Zulu War. Um. Okay. Question number six. And the Battle of the Little Bighorn, Mitch. Uh, for this one, I wrote. Um, sorry, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mitch. <laughs> uh, Zendaf. Uh, either, I think this was Custard's last stand, uh, but I'm terrified I'm getting it mixed up with the battle of, uh, the, the battle of San Juan Hill in the Spanish-American wards, but I think this was Custard's last stand, and I think it was part of the American-Indian wars. Okie doke. Uh, Patrick? Uh, I wrote the Indian-American wars, and I also wrote Custard's last stand, I think you said if, if you put both of them down, that would be good. Mm-hmm. Mm, I um, I remember there was there were such things as the Beaver Wars at one point in history, um, <laughs> and I don't know what they were or what they related to, but that's what I put. So, oh, that's like, is that like traders in 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 Canada? Yeah, I think it had something to do with um, yeah, relationships with the indigenous peoples of the Americas for something, but I don't know where or why, mm. or what beavers have to do with anything. Um, oh, because that was like the, the most the most coveted fur. Alright, like beaver furs, yeah. Um, and Edgar? Uh, I put down the American Civil War. Um, okay, so this was part of the American Indian Wars. Uh, specifically, it was the Great Sioux War of 1876. Um... Mm. And it was indeed Custer's last stand. So a half point for American Indian and an additional half point for, for Custer's last stand. So um, I get... I was literally saying Custard's, wasn't I? You you were, but I didn't want to point it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I think that's the name of... That's like the pun name of some restaurant or something. Holy crap. I literally... I feel like I should have yeah. to... T- like, they're going to revoke my citizenship now or something. They're, they're going to revoke your citizenship. I didn't even know what the Constitution of Ireland was... 
was made. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Uh, um, there's an interesting uh, local connection for for me to this. Uh, one of the one of the leaders on the American side was from quite near to where I grew, grew up. A guy called Miles Kyo, who was a uh, hmm. he he left to become a soldier and he fought in the papal army during kind of the the wars of like unifying Spain. Uh, so obviously it was on the on the losing side, um, and later went and he joined the the United States Army and I think he fought in the Civil War on the Union side, and um, he died at at the Battle of Little Bighorn as you know most of the most of the the Union Army did, um, but he his his body was recognised by the by the Sioux. Because a lot of the Sioux work would have been Catholic at that stage. A lot of them had been converted. Um, it was it was quite a popular religion, and he he had papal medals, which were were recognised by the by the by the Sioux who were cleaning up the battlefield. And um, it's it's believed that some of the accounts that were traditionally thought to be about Custer uh, were actually about um, about Kyo. <laughs> Fun historical fact. Pity he was on the kind of more. <laughs> horrible colonial side of it but it's an interesting fact it is yeah um cool okay so points Edgar. oh sorry no i gave you american civil war no i was over to you to do the points oh sorry yeah uh so mitch uh i take i it. got one i got one seventh of a point you got oh, <laughs> uh, okay hold on. I got one seventh of a point for being aware of the movie Three Hundred and not writing it down. Okay. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, who is the next one? Zidnaf. So hang on. Did I get a full point even though I didn't know get know that it was the Sioux Wars specifically? Uh, yeah, a half point for for uh, Indian Wars and a, and a half point for Custer's Last Stand. So cumulative okay. full that, point. Two half points. In that case, I got I got five points total. Woo! Nice. Yeah. <laughs> five and then uh, Patrick I got three points if we're in, so I wrote Custer's Last Stand for one half of a point and I wrote Indian American War for another half a point I also wrote Zulu in World War One, so I got three points cool yeah that works yeah, yeah. Uh, Biberidian four. Oh, you, sorry you are the fourth person and I have two points and then uh, is me for two points so Drum rolls. Actually, it's a bit early for drum roll. I have to calculate this. I was too busy trying to calculate. I was trying to okay, add I did, on. I did, do the, I did do the math. My my point total is eight and nine fourteenths. Oh, no, oh, yeah, does Edgar have? Hold does Edgar have all of our subtotals in a spreadsheet or something? I do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, not on spreadsheet. I wouldn't be that. Like, uh, I'm too much with luddite for that. I haven't written out by hand. Uh, Mitch, <laughs> Mitch, you missed a trick there. You got to give a decimal expansion. So your your point score. Was eight point six four two eight five seven one four two eight seven. Uh, now hold on, let me let me do let me do the rest of them. Just give me one moment, and I'll edit this this stuff out. I got uh, seven point five points. Bill, you got sixteen point seven points. Uh, Mitch, you got eight point six four two eight five seven one four two eight seven points. <laughs> Uh, Zidnaf finish, got finish a, the expansion. Finish the decimal expansion, man. 
We don't have all night. Decimal expansion is going to go on forever, isn't it? (laughs) It is, yes. Well, I mean, just get until it starts repeating and then say that it's repeating. Uh, Zidnaf, you got a nice tidy 14 points. Um, Bibliridian got 15.5 points. And Patrick, you got 14.5 points. Uh, So the winner of the quiz, by my reckoning, is Bill in first place. Uh, Then it appears to be Bibliridian in second place. And then edging out Zidnaf by half a point, Patrick's... (laughs) In third place, if 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 Zidnaf had known about the Zulu Wars, it would have been a tied third place. <sighs> Sorry. So, uh, so yeah, thank you, folks, for thank for coming. That was for having great. Us. No, if I had if I had known about the Zulu Wars, I would have gotten a full point for that, and then I would have been a half point ahead. Wouldn't? And I would have, would I have tied for second? Oh, if you got a full point for that, you would have tied for second. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now I know to be even more disappointed. <laughs> this, was, this was fun, though. <laughs> so yeah, thanks so much for coming, folks, uh, on the show. This is just for uh, for listeners in case this gets massively reduced in edit time. We've been here by my reckoning for about three hours and ten minutes. So it's super super nice to for to all of you um, for giving your time to come here for just having having the crack. It's so cool. So thank you so much, folks. It's been great fun. Yeah, it's been Thank fun. Thanks, guys. It's been great to meet all of you. Yes. Um, I've never really interacted with any of you individually before, so cool. <laughs> Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. Nice to meet you as well, Bill. No, it's been really good fun. I've heard you on this podcast, and it's weird actually talking to you, Bill. This has been fun. <laughs> it's kind of neat, like, you're all YouTubers, and I'm just some guy who's friends with a YouTuber, and, like, gets to meet you, so that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I am, I am still mostly just here because I'm friends with a YouTuber. Like, I'm kind of just an ex-YouTuber by this point. Yeah, but also, Bill, Bill, we put our po- podcast on YouTube, so technically you're a YouTuber. That counts. That counts. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and you, we, we have a patron, and you get half the money from the patron, so like you're you're getting paid to do stuff that ultimately goes on YouTube. You're a YouTuber, man. Okay. Okay. I'll accept it. Uh, Definitely counts. We will induct you into the club. We will. Sweet. Uh, so, uh, folks, uh, listeners, thank you so much for listening. Again, uh, apologies for the massive gap in episodes. Um, hopefully this won't be a thing in the future. We'll get back to more regular things. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, and above all else, have a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and I wish you all the best for 2021. Surely it has to be better than 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, 2021 is the year where we have to deal with the consequences of 2020. Yes. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there is that. Um, but yeah, so uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. And Merry Christmas to all of you guys as well. And I will see you all in uh, uh, outside the podcast very soon. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Thank and you. Until goodbye. next time. Yeah. Happy Christmas. Happy holidays. <laughs> Bill, we need to do a thing. We need to do until next time. And then everyone has to say Edgar out because it's tradition. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Ready? Until next time. Edgar out. Edgar out. Edgar, you can edit that so that it's actually in unison, right? No, what are you talking about? I think it was too much in unison, and you need to edit it so it's less in unison. It was so in unison that it only sounded like one person was saying it, so you need to make it like slightly off, so that way you can tell that it's different people saying it. Add some reverb. Um, Can I stop recording now? (laughs) Yeah, you can. (laughs) 